Welcome to the TimCast IRL podcast. I am Tim Poole. I'm hanging out with some friends today, a special guest. We're hanging out with Colin Wright. Do you want to just give us a going? real quick introduction? Who are you? Why are you here? I'm an ex-evolutionary biologist. I'm the managing editor for Quillette Magazine. Oh, cool. And uh, I'm here to talk about, I guess, cancel culture and sex and gender and whatever. Yeah, and schools, schools have gotten woke to an ever-increasingly insane degree. Yes, they have. Absolutely. And, and there's a cat. Just oh, yeah. chugging away in front of you. He's just drinking Special water. Guest. Yeah, well, you know, he runs the place. So, and also, of course, we have Sour Patch Lids. She's hanging out. Yes, I'm here. Just so we got, we got this story. I thought it was really, really fascinating because uh, I definitely wanted to talk to you because, well, you're an ex-evolutionary biologist. So uh, I guess you're an expert on biological sex. Well, I, I technically studied social behavior in insects and arachnids. Ah, okay. But I started talking about biological sex because, one, it's not too much of a difficult subject to get into, especially if you're a biologist, you kind of, you're pretty familiar with what biological sex is and just seeing now how are you, the narrative around sex has just been sort of going, spinning out of control over the last several years. I've heard it doesn't exist. There's no biological sex. You heard wrong. <laughs> well, 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 a man on Canadian public access television, television told Dr. Jordan Peterson that there is no such thing as biological sex. This was Nicholas Matt and Nicholas is a historian of medicine. And can so, unpack that for us yes. at great length. I Why wish, should I trust you? I wish he <laughs> did <laughs> unpack that. I would like I, to hear okay. him unpack <laughs> that <laughs> at length, which he n- didn't get around to. I know, right? Well, so we got, we got a bunch of other stories. And actually, I want to lead with this one about this New York high school. Because they're comparing police to clan members. There's also a ton of videos coming out. And I, I couldn't just pick one of these stories. So I did a Google search about school and Black Lives Matter. And you can basically find just, I don't know, on the front page it's of Google, it's just a, b- a bunch of stories about all of these schools that are bringing in Black Lives Matter curriculum. They're not even teaching kids math. They're teaching them social justice. There, there, there's one clip going viral right now that purports to be, I say this is important, purports, because I don't, I don't know exactly what's going on. But there's this kid, and the, the parent, I guess, is filming the computer from the other side, and they're talking about how if Joe Biden dies, Kamala Harris will be the first female president. And uh, what that has to do with school, I no idea. And it's also kind of morbid, but perhaps that's what people are really banking on. But we got a bunch of other stories, too. So you, you have a lot to say uh, about, like, you know, transgender athletes and biological sex and all that stuff. And we can definitely talk about, I guess, insect evolutionary biology. We could. That'd be something I haven't talked on in a while. No one seemed to care about that ever since. Well, I, I think it's I think it's relevant <laughs> to the conversation. I mean, yeah. maybe we'll get some crazy stories about, like, crazy, creepy bugs or something. Sure. Why not? Who knows where we'll go? <laughs> But there's a lot to talk about because it's not just schools, it's government, it's, uh, it, it's schools and government, but also, of course, in culture. There's a really funny story. We're going to have fun with this one. Wimixen. Yeah. You know, you know yes. Wimixen? Yeah. Is that how you ever, pronounce ever, it? We saw a different pronunciation. No, they want to pronounce it Wimix. Wimix. <laughs> so this is, they've changed the word woman to W-O-M-X-N. Sorry. That's Wimixen, mm-hmm. not Wominx. That doesn't make sense. They're, they're, they're not even pronouncing words. <laughs> this dude's... <laughs> The, a buck of the He's cat is, is having that. a good time. Wow. <laughs> he still wants water. All right, but let's, uh, let's just jump into the first story and see what's going on in these schools. Check this out. From the Daily Mail. Actually, I should not do that. No, before we get started, make sure you smash the like button and subscribe. That's the important thing. And hit the notification bell. We do the show live Monday through Friday at 8 p.m. So now, see the cat. There we go. now let's read the story. Yeah, you got to see the cat's Excellent. butt. Yay. Daily Mail says, New York High School under fire. After teacher handed out cartoon which compares cops to the KKK and slave owners on first day of class. And I saw this story and I thought to myself, look, well, f- look at this image. 
So first you have what looks like a colonial guy. He says, I, and then there's, there's a black man on the ground and each and every one, I can't, I can't. Wait, wait it's like, I, can, I, I can't, I, I can't breathe. And then the last one is the cop kneeling on a dude's neck. And it just does not represent historical context at all. And so it's just one example of grade school indoctrination. So let's, let's we'll, we'll read this story and then I'll show you some of the searches because you can find this at every school, basically. They say a school in Westchester has come under fire after a teacher handed out an image to students about the Black Lives Matter movement, comparing modern day cops to slave owners and the Ku Klux Klan. Westlake High School educator Chris, Christopher Moreno gave his 11th graders a handout on September 8th on the first day of classes. The handout included a five-frame cartoon panel titled George Floyd, each panel showing a white man kneeling on the neck of a black man from different historical periods. In the first frame, a pirate is shown kneeling on a, a pirate? <laughs> is he a pirate? Uh, uh, kneeling on a black man in chains, having been captured. I think that's supposed to be just like a colonial slave trader. I you know, call him a pirate. He probably had governmental authority to do, to do the things he's doing. And they go and explain this. I showed you the picture already. But, uh, but yeah, so th- for those that are listening, it's what looks like a colonial slave trader followed by a plantation owner, fi- followed by a Klansman, and then just a cop. And there's a sign saying white only. And then finally, what looks like supposed to be Chauvin and George Floyd. They say Westlake mother, Anya Pattern Nostro, told the New York Post, my daughter showed me the paper. I said, what is this? You've got to be kidding me. The cartoon compares the police to the Klan. It's an attack on the police. Pattern Nostro said that she immediately sent letters protesting the cartoon to Mount Pleasant School District Superintendent Kurt Coates and Westlake Principal Keith Schenker, whose school is in the district. Enough is enough, Paternostro said to the Post. This cartoon is disturbing. We have to respect the men in blue who protect us, added the mom of two, a native of Poland. Wow, interesting. Hmm. We don't need a teacher brainwashing my kids. I'll teach my kids about what's right and what's wrong. Her daughter, Nicole, said that she was troubled by the cartoon included in Moreno's lessons plan, calling it disgusting for comparing the police to all the terrible people in history. It wasn't fair. It wasn't right. The high school student said, she had since been bullied on social media since she made the controversial lesson plan public and has been called a racist. Oh, wow. Well, that's it. Shut her down. She's a racist, you know, so she wins. Yeah. I mean, is there any, <laughs> so she's out. Is there any sense of whether this is part of the curriculum? Because to me, there should be maybe some sort of stopgap, some some process of knowing what belongs in schools. Or are these teachers just going out and finding cartoons online and just, you know, on Twitter and memes and they're just putting it in their classroom because I can't just see any any school board approving something like this. I don't think they have. Yeah, I don't think it's part of the curriculum. Yeah. Although there was a leaked school curriculum that was just basically all social justice activism was not even teaching kids anything. I don't know. I, I don't know why parents are still putting their kids in these places, man. It's hard to know Yeah, how much it's if it's in the curriculum, how much the ideology has seeped in where this is just what's being offered by these institutions or if this is just like rogue teachers just I mean, bringing their politics in the classroom or just a it's probably, marriage of both. It's probably that. Yeah. But who's, who's going to speak up against them? You yeah, you're exactly. not a bigot, are you? Well, you, yeah. you, you are, right? You, you, you left I've, academia. I have been accused of that. <laughs> okay, yeah. Yeah. You're not, but they say you are yeah. because they say that about everybody. I mean, to me, this is the critical race cartoon version of things like the genderbred person and the gender unicorn. That you genderbred see. person? Yeah. You've, you've probably seen those before. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But it's, again, it's all part of this like critical theory assessment of how how power dynamics are playing in society in different areas this is the critical race version of it 
and then you go with the gender gender studies version there's like the colonial version of it and right, these right, things right. manifest themselves in weird cartoons like this that we're teaching our children apparently what would you put your kids in the school you know i used to be a pretty strong proponent of public education and i used to be very much against uh voucher programs and this is mainly because I didn't want students to be, you know, not taught evolution or taught creationism and, and intelligent design. But over the last three years, I've done a complete 180. I'm now 100% vouchers. I don't think I'd want to send my kids if I ever this had them. This is crazy. Them. It's crazy. I, I, it's totally off subject, but I was just talking about earlier today. I bought a bunch of guns. Think about how crazy the left has gone to where you used to be against the voucher program for school choice. I used I, beginning of this year, I was like, no guns in my house. And now, like, a combination of factors has, like, pushed us both, like, just on the other side of these things. I will march for vouchers now. You will march for... (laughs) I mean, I have an evolutionary biology background. I have a PhD in evolutionary biology. I don't want creationism or intelligent design in schools, but frankly, I'd rather have my students at a private school teaching religious notions of creationism, intelligent design, as long as they're not teaching a lot of this wokeness. I'd I'd prefer an indoctrination into creationism than into you know this this critical theory nonsense but why is that what you you, do you think the critical race theory is more dangerous i do i mean i used to argue with intelligent design people and at least they're up for an argument at least they're presenting some sort of evidence that i think is bad evidence (laughs) but they're they're at least willing to engage with you in a, a public sphere they at least think the outside world exists as you know we see it to some degree and they'll use They'll use certain facts. I think they'll use bad facts to make a case for themselves. But then when you talk to these critical theorist people, they don't even think that facts are something that is real. They think these are all social constructions. So there's just no... There's no objective There's, there's truth. no foundation. We're not starting from the same same place to have an argument. They're starting from a place where knowledge is socially constructed, white, Western, this everything. Is, this is really interesting. So when I talk to them, it's it's not just a clash of ideas. It's, it's worldviews that are diametrically opposed in every single way trying I, to figure things out and there's just they don't translate but i wonder if if, if if it's actually that they have political views or they're just your enemy you know what i mean like they're emotionally invested in opposing the other and so the re, so here's what, what i'm saying you, you go to a creationist and they'll say here's why i believe in creation and they'll try and find evidence to support that because they understand the concept of evidence exists but like you said bad evidence for yeah. sure and at some point a lot of times they'll get down to like, well, I just believe it on faith. But there's, right, right, there's right. some that are sort of... It's in the Bible. There, there is a movement of just sort of like a justified faith thing where they try to ground it all on reason and evidence. And I'm, I'm happy talking to those people. Uh, well, so, so here's, here's, here's what I'm trying to say. If you go to these critical race theory people, they'll say whatever they have to say at any given moment to make it make sense, even if it contradicts what they said 10 seconds ago. Exactly, yeah. But that's bec- So I'm wondering if it's really about an actual ideology... Or if they're kind of making it up as they go along, they're basically just saying, you're a bad guy. And so no matter what you say, I oppose. You know what I mean? Like, they don't yeah. actually believe... Like, uh, let me, let me, I'll put it this way. Like, yes, there are some tenets of what they believe in, but it's only because they've been espoused enough. But it comes to a point where if you if you say, okay, well, the evidence doesn't suggest this, and their, their response is, you believe in evidence? They're clearly just contrarian. Yeah, well, they're, so it's, they're it, diametrically opposed to, like, stable notions of reality. And so when you try to, like, drill, drill down on any certain aspect, their main tactic is going to be to just problematize it, to try to just shift the floor out from under your feet. 
problematize. And, and, and a lot of their tactics, if you read some of their papers and stuff, they'll take some some concept and then they'll deconstruct it into a million pieces and then their ultimate conclusion at the end of the day is almost entirely well there's not much to conclude here it's like, just they like, just yeah they just break binaries break any sort of boundaries blur the distinctions between borders on any concept and that's just sort of their that's how that's how it works they don't want this stable like two plus two notion. is five that's you know a good example of wow there's so much of this stuff it's everywhere. Yeah, it's everything. Yeah. And it's, it's crazy. Uh, well, I, I want to save it because we're definitely going to talk about Trump banning the stuff in the government. But I want to show you this because this is a story from just last month. U.S. schools are changing their curriculum in response to Black Lives Matter as survey finds 81% of teachers support the movement. 81%. Wow. Now, now I got to say, if, if all of the teachers believe this, why should I think you're correct? Well, I'm half I mean, kidding, but yeah, it's. It needs to be broken down into what's meant by Black Lives Matter and the, the language game they play where it can be both a movement, an ideology, a statement of, of clear fact that right. black lives do in fact matter. And that's why it's one of the best slogans I can imagine because no one would be against saying black lives matter as a general statement of what's true about the value of life. Uh, and so, but they can, they can change the meaning in any context they want to to sort of get what they want, get their results. Yeah. No one's going to be standing up in a group, uh, you know, in, in a school setting where they're trying to have, uh, people are going to be voting on whether or not the curriculum gets based on Black Lives Matter or something. No one's going to be the one guy standing up to say, I'm actually against Black Lives Matter because like, you'll just be harangued out of the room. Yeah, they'll it's, say, it's, what, do you, what, do you, what do you think? They don't yeah, matter. What's wrong with a, you? Not a good look. It's a semantic manipulation. But here's the important factor. If 81% of teachers agree with the movement, and we, we have an endless number of schools that have adopted the curriculum. Won't it just be that the next, the, the next generation, these young kids in grade school are going to grow up indoctrinated into that worldview? And you are going to be a creepy weirdo who doesn't understand reality? I'm sure there's a lot of people saying that right now, that I'm the creepy weirdo. Yeah. You know, I, I try to think if, you know, if you have things like intelligent design, what if 81% of teachers were pro that? You know, we have to have some notion of what can be taught in schools they can't just be based on do most teachers believe in this thing you need to have something that's based in evidence something that's factually able to be argued from first principles like evolutionary biology over creationism intelligent design and what we're getting here with the black lives matter critical race theory that's being put in there is people are bringing their politics to the table and they're asserting that this is the only way we can deal about with with racial issues they reject the sort of liberal approach to um to race and just because people believe in it, it seems to just be steamrolling ahead. Did you hear about that group of people who want to create a black-only city? I did, yeah. Also, the Michigan State University, they have the UM two. Dearborn. Is that right. what that is? Yeah. Where they, they did have, the white-only thing? Yeah, the white-only, white, white only, was it a cafe? Yeah, it, it, but it's, it's like it was like a virtual hangout session they called a cafe, which oh, is really it weird. I didn't even know yeah, it was it was, yeah, it was a remote. It's still it's still really weird. You're gonna be like, you know, we're gonna put out a link. Come hang out in this Zoom chat if you're white. That's that's yeah. the, that's the logical conclusion to what the, these schools are promoting. It's re, it's 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 crazy. I, I was talking to a friend about a lot of this stuff who used to be a normal liberal and now is like, I hate to say it, but I'm like, it's 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 hardcore identitarianism. It, 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 this is a white woman telling all of her white friends to form a collective to take collective racial action for the betterment of 
the, the, the poor minorities who are underprivileged. And I'm Yikes. like, dude, you're asserting superiority over this group in some capacity. And you're argue you're 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 pushing for white racial collective action. Can you look in a mirror for two seconds? Like, what do you what, do you, what would you call that? Sounds like racism. <laughs> it sounds like <laughs> extra yeah. steps. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah with extra steps. Yeah. I just don't see how an, an intense focus on making race the most important issue is some way going to make race less important or make race go away. I don't think that's their plan. What do you think their plan is? Well, I will say seeing schools adopt all this stuff, seeing schools call cops like Klan members and slave owners, how absolutely psychotic is that? Slave trader, very, very different from a guy who's trying to stop a mugger from like beating the crap out of a woman. You know what I mean? Not like they, they always can do that, but they respond to crimes and they file reports and they help arrest people, lock people up. They do a lot of things I don't like recently with COVID, a lot of unconstitutional law, and they just kind of follow the order. But but you, you can call the cops and be like, someone broke into my house and the cops will rush there. I had someone trying to break in here. I called the cops. They came and said, you know, we got you, whatever you need, man, we're, we got your back. I'm like, man, so grateful these guys are here. So dramatically different from a clan member. And yeah. so so these schools are, It's it seems like, there's there's two there's two visible goal uh, outcomes that are coming from this. The first is they want to destroy our institutions, right? So first, you take all these bad things from history, slave owners, clan members, and then align them with police. You want people these people the, the, a lot of these Black Lives Matter activists are going around saying like police are hunting us. Like I that no that's that's like paranoid. That's not happening, and they, they claim it is. And then you get these well-to-do liberals who are pushing the stuff saying, look, look, they are because they said so, because their lived experience is more important than empirical evidence, which they don't believe exists anyway. The end result of changing the definitions of words, changing the pronunciation of words like wimmicks into wiminks, like that's not even how the letter, it's spell it W-O-M-N-X. And we'll talk about women. Wimmicks? Spell it anyway. But they're just basically deconstructing everything, like you were, you were saying this, right? They take everything, they strip, it, they strip it for parts, and then they leave the parts laying on the ground. They're not rebuilding anything. So, so in the end, what happens? The schools teach kids a bunch of nonsense. The kids grow up and have no idea how to function, because instead of learning math, they learned police are bad. So that's, that's one outcome. I don't know if their, their intention is to do that, or if their goal is to break everything down, and then once it's completely destroyed create their socialist, you know, Marxist utopia or whatever it is they think. I think that's the the second one is what I think they're mainly doing because they need the institutions. They, they don't want to, well, they want to destroy them as we know them, well, but not, they, they want to use them as sort of their recruitment ground and their, right, right. their rhetorical they, know, tools. They, they want to wear the institutions like skin suits after they exactly, latch onto yeah. the neck of the institution and suck the, the moist, juicy yeah. innards of the creature out and then yeah. parasitically take over. and oh, start. It's like a Men in Black, you know. I think it was like Eric Weinstein that talked about them being sort of uh, hermit crabs and we have all these different institutions and they have different shells and we see yeah. that the shells m- remain intact and then some at some point all the crabs that used to inhabit them left and now there's these new crabs in the masquerading <laughs> around as the New York Times, as, right. you know, whatever you want. And they still have this prestige of having those shells. But I like it. I like you like yours. <laughs> I, I like mine better. You know, the, 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 the uh, Vincent D'Onofrio from Men in Black, you know, the, the yeah, giant yeah. The, rote, the giant yeah. centipede alien goes inside his skin and then he's like jerking around all yeah, like yeah. Oh, <laughs> I, I like that better because the jerky, like broken yeah. motions represent what these institutions yeah, can, are becoming. You can see that it's 
they're zombies of what they used to be. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> it becomes, for sure. Well, uh, so, so yeah, yeah. If you, if you were to say that, like, like uh, I think what you said, Eric Weinstein was saying that they're shells. Well, that's assuming they're still moving around like regular hermit crabs, but yeah. they're not. They're, they're grotesque, weird bugs that are wearing the skin and, like, lurching around, and they don't speak proper English, right? So when you see the guy Edgar in Men in Black, and she's like, Edgar, and he's like, sugar water. Oh, yeah. You're like, that's yeah, not yeah. a normal human thing to ask for. Interesting. So when these institutions are, yeah. like, yeah, womanks. Yeah, they're not or, speaking the same uh, language anymore. Or the other thing is, like, there was a curriculum leak, and I talked about this before, where it asked a math question. But instead of being something about, like, the farmer has, you know, a dozen apples, how many apples you take away, blah, blah, blah. It was like, the police stop, you know, 1,300 black people, and they only stop, two, you know, uh, 246 white people. What percentage of, you know, the stops are black people? And it's like they're injecting this racialized worldview. So, so anyway, here's the other thing, I think. Like the first one is maybe they're like destroying the system or the outcome is going to be a destroyed system. Maybe they'll rebuild it. Not that they would destroy the institutions. It's the, it's the, the innards that are getting ripped to shreds, like the, the core structure. And then they're occupying it like some kind of parasitic alien. The other thing is also in that vein, it's about what, what their goal is. Is it Marxism or is it overt balkanization, racial segregation and white supremacy? That's a good question. I think it's they're just trying to blur the boundaries between things so they can sort of assert what they want to assert at any given moment. It's, but I mean, think, think it sounds nuts, but I mean, it is nuts. That's so, kind of what they're going. So like, they just want to permanently be able to control whatever they want by making up random BS. Well, when they, when they look at the way society is structured, they, their worldview inherently puts power dynamics in everything. And so they want to just blur these distinctions because every time there's a category that's made, it's not just a category. It's, it's been made by someone in power to oppress some other person or idea or, you know, so, some group of people's being oppressed. Right. And so they just want to disrupt all of these categories. All the categories need to be blurred. They need to be broken apart. But, but why, why create racial segregation? Like, that's the other outcome I'm looking at. If they're saying that, you know, we're, the University of Michigan Dearborn is going to do a white only cafe event. And then they later apologize. It was, it, I'm sorry, it was non-POC only, mm. which it means white only. And they were like, no, no, everyone was welcome. But it was for, it was for non-POC to share their non-POC feelings about how their non-POC community is being impacted. And I'm like, are there like Nazis running this with like a wink, wink and a nudge, nudge to their Nazi friends, That's tricking the left into adopting these things? So then we see the, this, the, there's a group of black people who got a sponsor they're buying up land in, Georgia, I believe it's in Georgia, near Macomb, I think it's pronounced. And they want to create a town called Freedom. That is what they describe as pro-black, which for the most part is black only, but they say white people can apply to live there if they're pro-black. Rejected. Well, so I, I, look, I was, I was reading the story. I, I, actually, I th- find it kind of funny because I'm like, I can respect the pioneer attitude. We're going to go make our own city. I'm like, that's awesome. You know, we don't have anybody doing that anymore. Go do it, but but to like racially segregate. I don't yeah. know about that, I mean, if you, man. If you found the you know a country like the U.S. on freedom from religion and good values like that, like that's you know go go for it. But if your foundation is racial segregation, <laughs> I mean, it's they're literally creating an ethno state, and that's for some reason that's okay. not that's not legal, is it? I can't imagine how it would be legal. But the thing is, who's gonna step up and say you can't do this because Dude. they'll be called? I'm gonna know, get all political. I, at them. If Joe Biden wins. Right, right. So Donald Trump bans critical race theory, right? And that's, that's the, 
So it, I guess I guess the easy way to explain it is like you could argue that there's was there critical gender theory, mm-hmm. gender studies, colonial post-colonial theory. Well, yeah, one of them is critical race theory. Like these are the core tenets theory, of the far left woke gender culture, studies, or whatever. Fan studies. Trump bans critical race theory, and that is a major. Some people have said what like a shot across the bow, like letting them know, no, no, no way. He, he he straight up took a push broom and shoved them right out the building, and they got really mad about it. The worst part was when, you know, like CNN, for instance, defended critical race theory and white privilege training without actually knowing what any of it was. Yeah, I mean, you're seeing the the way they talk about it shift in real time because critical race theory is sort of this obscure thing. Nobody knows what it is. Like, there's, a, I think, if you probably look up critical race theory, people have just been googling it nonstop now. But they're trying to reframe it as like, no, this is just racial sensitivity training. Right. You know, this is it's diversity training. It's not the same thing. Like. It's not a liberal approach towards racial issues whatsoever. It sees race and everything. I mean, De- uh, Robin D'Angelo specifically said things like, "It's not a question of whether race is is taking place here. There's a racial issue. It's what is yeah, yeah, yeah. what is the racial component in there." So it's just that lady's this, a Nazi. It's this nitpicking with every situation where you're just going to start seeing these phantoms of racism everywhere because you're told they're everywhere if you just squint hard enough and and do the do the amount of rhetorical but, work. So that so that's why I feel like one of their goals might be that listen, if you were a neo-Nazi, but a smart one, you know, and trying to figure out how to implement racial segregation, this is exactly what you would do. There's no other way to do it. You come out waving a Nazi flag, people are going to be like, "Get out." And they're going to beat you up. There's that guy in I think Portland walking around wearing a Nazi armband, he got punched in the face. Yeah, it, like they're not going to let you do it. If you see the list of what they have is what, what they consider to be white and Western it includes things like rationality, and I'm going down this list and it's like, who else would agree with everything on this list that exactly. is inherently white? Probably every white supremacist yep. knows that white supremacists are nodding their heads being like, yes, rational thought is an inherently white thing. Hard work. You know, it's hard work. Like yes. preparing for the future. Yeah. yeah. Preparing for the future. This is, this, for, this, for them to take that and insist that this is somehow white and western i can't even imagine a more racist narrative that is gonna one keep black people from probably wanting to participate in in stem in the first place if they're taught that uh going in the academy going to academia is you know the master's house and i've seen flyers that have talked about academia as being the master's house and we're going to give you tools to survive your time in the master's house like what are the chances that someone who wants to be of a, a black guy who wants to to be a scientist and they're getting a flyer from one of these critical race theory uh, meetings and it just says here's how to survive at the master's house are you going to want to go into stem yeah if you're just if it's portrayed as a battleground if you're thinking like oh they, they're literally calling it going on the plantation like maybe i shouldn't go into stem because this is how it's being portrayed or the wow. or the threats that black conservatives get the insults the the, the cancel culture it's like if you if like Kanye West was speaking wearing his body armor and he's crying, talking about, you know, being pro-life and, and his daughter and abortion, all that stuff. And they attack him in the media saying he's unwell. And I'm like, dude, imagine how, how old is that guy? Do you know how old Kanye it's is? Like 38 or something. 38. Yeah. 38, 38 or so years. You go through your entire life being told you're not allowed to say what you believe is true or else. And finally, this dude gets the courage to go up and start saying all these things, and he starts crying, and they attack him for it. Oh, he's 43. I'm not su- he's 43? Yeah, I'm not surprised he's crying. He's like, all of these things he's always wanted to say, but they were like, 
don't say this or else. And that's what they're trying to create. So, so I bring this up specifically because I'm wondering how it is that this is like this, this weird ideology among the left has creeped in where acting air, uh, quote unquote white is like a, 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 a horror, horrible thing. You can't do it's a slight against humanity. And then they go around claiming that all of these positive traits, which exist in like almost every other culture, are only white people. Yeah. I mean, you get people like Nicole Hannah-Jones that come out and they criticize people like Kanye on the basis that there's this difference here between being someone who happens to be black and someone who's politically black. Oh, yeah. So Kanye (laughs) isn't even considered capital B black. He's lowercase b black, but he's not capital B black. And if you look at all like the BLM flyers they put out, black is always capitalized. And that is just the dead giveaway that they're talking about politically black and not black as the color of your skin. Wow. That's amazing. I think it's funny that uh, people were bringing up BIPOC, black, indigenous, and people of color. And this is what I was told. And and you you can let me know if you agree or not, that they created this term specifically to remove Asians because Asians are considered Mm. privileged. I haven't thought about that, but yeah. Have you seen the book In Defense of Looting? I've seen the cover and I've seen some some articles written about it. Apparently, there's a passage and this was going on. I think uh, was it Carlin who tweeted about this? Possibly. Yeah, that it said that Jews and Asians are the like um, the face of capital or something like that. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. That is that, is, right. yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm, I got to say, man, when you put out a book called In Defense of Looting, <laughs> it's written by a white person mm-hmm. defending the looting that is destroying the black community. And you have in it a direct attack on Jews. <laughs> I, gotta, I gotta wonder, dude. I th- I really do think there's probably a bunch of w- white supremacists and white nationalists who have backed away from Trump specifically because they're like, whoa, these these people over here are giving us what we want. They're the real anti-Semites on this side. Yeah. Do Do you know uh, Sargon of Akkad? Yeah. He did a uh, uh, Carl Benjamin a long time ago. He said a long time ago. He said that. The, this, the SJWs and the alt-right were like, they completely agree with each other. Now, they disagree on like positive and uh, whether it's positive or negative, the different things like, uh, like you might have the alt-right being racist. You might have the, the, the far left being racist in a kind of different way. I guess they only disagree on whether or not white people are good or bad, but they agree on literally everything else. He was like, they should work together because then the, 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 the far left is saying, you know, white people don't come here, go your own space. And the alt-right saying they want that too. That's why I wonder if like the end goal of the critical race theory stuff is going to be racial segregation. I mean, it's already happening. You're getting this type of segregation right, right, going right. on. Right. I mean, you get the Richard Spencers of the world and he wants, you know, a white ethno state. He might not even have to take steps to achieve what he wants. He can just sit back and watch the critical race theorists make their own ethno state and yeah. just absent themselves and they'll... Day of, day of absence or, a, you know, yeah. eternity of absence or something. Have you seen the Onion article that was like Al-Qaeda sits back and watches as America collapses? Yeah. You know, like that that could be it. Where did the alt-right go? They were so prominent. Now they're gone. Yeah, they're kicking back on the couch being like, we don't got to do anything. Just doing all the in in fact, speaking out was bad. Let them do it. And and there you go. And, and they're going to exactly way more effectively because it's somehow it's, this is underneath the radar. And no one's standing up for it because it's just it's using the right words. Yeah, it's crazy. I, I covered uh, a bunch of the riots, Ferguson, you know, uh, uh, Baltimore, just all over the country. And they had at many of these places black only rooms. And during Occupy Wall Street, they had like meeting groups they called caucuses that had voting power and they were based on race. 
So you had working groups based on like, if you do work, but then you had the racial component. So they quite literally created a system where they were like, all of the, all of the Asian people come together and then they get to vote because they're Asian and all of the black people and all of the, you know, Hispanic people. There wasn't one for white people though, but that was supposed to be progressive. And I was like, why are they segregating everybody? I wasn't aware that was a component of Occupy. I know that was like a Chaz Chop thing. They had a whole area where the only black people were allowed and they had white people guarding acting as bouncers for this area yeah occupy wall street was my first uh first time encountering the i guess at the what we would call now critical race theory i just called it like woke progressivism i was involved in that too because i was at uc davis as an undergrad where they had that pepper spray incident yeah you were there that was right when i was walking to my other class it was that famous photo i was there during the whole katehi walkout and everything in the and you were you were firmly on the left, weren't you? I was. Yeah, well, I still consider myself on the left, but <laughs> but but now you're an avowed fascist. Uh, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> According to some people, I'm not. I get a lot of people that are trying to recruit me over to the right, but uh, I don't even well, know, I don't even know what it means anymore. So yeah, I just seriously. I'm just going to believe what I believe and support what I support. And I don't I don't either. But however people want to classify me, they're free to, to go. Yeah, for it. it's it's kind of crazy. I, I mentioned it earlier how. We both had very left positions a long time ago, but now we've been basically like, I'm going to go over here because y'all are getting crazy. Yeah. You're going to burn the building down. They're riding in the streets. This is the craziest thing to me. Joe Biden came out, what, 12 hours? What, like, no, like 16, 17 hours ago saying, you know, basically ban assault weapons and high capacity magazines. And I'm like, why would he say that at a time when mass rioting, like race riots are sweeping across the country and gun sales are through the roof, ammo is gone. And Joe Biden's like, all you people who just went out and for the first time bought a weapon because you're scared, I'm taking your guns. It's not, not good messaging, especially now. Yeah. What, what, what do you think about guns? Were you I'm, al- I'm pro-gun. Were you always pro-gun? Yeah. I mean, my family had grown up, we have guns in our house, but I, I'm, I'm sort of for the universal background checks and everything that's needed, I don't think you should just be able to walk in to a Walmart and walk out, you know, with one. Although I do hear it's not quite that easy because yeah. some people tried to do that just to like prove the system of how easy it was to get a gun, and then they realized like, no, I actually have to come back later and get one. So I don't know how I know different states differ on their laws, but I do think you should maybe go through some sort of safety training before you can have it becomes, a firearm. But uh, I'm I, 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 I that's, I'm I'm getting less and less uh, on a stickler about that now because again all the violence we see in a lot of and streets. and remarkably joe biden's campaign kamala harris supporting the riders with bailing them out and then saying we're going to take your guns away at a time when the when the left is calling for defunding the police now joe biden can say he's not for that but a major like black lives matter has defund the police as a core mission statement and he certainly supports them and didn't you have that couple that was outside of their house with the the guns guarding their place oh yeah felony charges didn't their guns get confiscated didn't they yeah. take them away yep yeah, they want you to be defenseless. It's it's so it's so hilarious to like hear the words come out of my mouth because mm-hmm. like yeah, I I just think back to the, uh, the you know the conservatives ten years ago. The liberals hate America. They want you to be defenseless. And now here I am like the, the, these crazy leftists hate this country and they're taking my guns. <laughs> I'm getting. Yeah. I'm like wow. How did they do that to me? It's remarkable. Mm-hmm. No, I, for real. I, I remember when I was younger and I was thinking about politics and I was like I got to remember where my grounding is and like what I believe in. And that was like, I was watching a lot of freedom stuff, like libertarian stuff on the internet, talking about what the Constitution was supposed to do and where we've gone. And it was like, like Ron Paul, the Ron Paul era online was huge. And so I didn't agree with Ron Paul on a lot of issues because he was very religious and conservative in, in some respects. But it, from, from a liberty standpoint, I was like, yeah, freedom. 
you let me let, you know let me do my thing and so i was but i was fairly liberal and here i am today being like you know i lived in uh, miami and we had someone break onto the property and i only had uh, a, an air rifle you know just a break barrel shh, break it and you can fire a pellet and i was like i didn't feel like you know dealing with getting a gun or wanting to deal with any of that stuff so i didn't get it even after someone broke onto my property widespread rioting nationwide race, uh, racialized riots is probably the better way to put it. Because I don't know if you, I don't, I don't think they're race riots because it's white, you know, woke progressives that are doing most yeah. of the destruction or whatever. But I'm not going to sit around and, and, and wait to find out. Well, especially because you see a lot of them now moving into residential neighborhoods. And I saw videos of people climbing on the roofs of houses just in, in you know, residential areas, upper class neighborhoods people are going to get shot like it's just it's going to happen at some point. people got shot is that something recently happened no i'm just like kenosha well can, yeah that was in like the street violence i'm talking about right. in in neighborhoods now people are going to start knocking on doors and i don't think they're going to knock down. yeah probably not i think they're going to be like this is where the bigot lives and they're going to kick the door in yeah. well you look at what happened to mayor ted wheeler uh his condo you saw that I when they, they they smashed up the first floor threw flaming debris or whatever on the first floor and fortunately, that was like commercial at the bottom. But it's only a matter of time, in my opinion, before they go to like residential homes. And it's the craziest thing because I, th- I think all of the violence and destruction plays into the idea I was saying earlier about this critical race theory and how its, it's only real out- goal is the complete destruction of the system, I, I guess. I think that all they want is power. I literally think that's all they want. And I think it's a case of the dog chasing the car and not knowing what he'd do if he caught it. Because I think they want power. They think they have they have this idea of utopia. And they're like, well, we'll just get in charge and everything will be perfect. And they have no idea. Like, I, I think that's that power. Because it's their end goal, they're not actually thinking any further. And all they want is just to get there. But well, they make, this, they make this error that they think the power exists in every single sentence, every single enunciation any discourse that you have which i would say is not the case you're not always inflicting power on people by the way you speak right and so since they think that this is just the way reality is then they just say okay everyone else is using these power games we're going to use these power games too and then they just double down on it 100 percent. and now they're doing the thing that they're accusing everyone of doing yeah that's bad and it's like no you're actually the only one that's doing this like, no one else is doing this i mean there's some people probably doing these power games but not as like a tenant of their their whole politics is based on it. Well, let's talk about gender because uh, you uh, you studied insects, I guess, right? <laughs> I did insect evolutionary biology, social behavior, animal personality. Yeah, that, broadly did, speaking, did, uh, did that include studying the like behavior of the different sexes and like mating rituals and stuff? Not so much. So I studied social spiders mainly for my dissertation, and their colonies were almost entirely female. There's like a ten to one ah, okay. male to female. Well, so so uh, an- ratio. So anyway, you're you're you have a PhD, right? Yeah. Okay. We'll just ignore everything else, and we'll just say PhD from now on. Everything you say is oh. academic. Boom. Expert. We'll just <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's, he's got a PhD. Therefore, listen to what he has to say. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but no, no. I think it's a, we, we we can talk about the gender thing too because now we're, we're it's not just about race. They do the exact same thing to gender. They've taken the word gender and they've they've beaten it to a to a, a point where it's unrecognizable. And I don't even know what they're trying to say anymore, because at first they said that uh, oh, no, 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 gender and sex are different things. You know, sex is biology, but gender is social construct. Now they're saying there's no biological sex. I mean, they've been saying that for years, but, you know, that's where we've gotten. Yeah. I mean, those are like the second wave feminists who are 
they wanted to deconstruct gender as like the social construction that keeps males and females playing these certain roles in society. But they definitely wanted to keep a very strong notion of biological sex because sex was the the object. It was the physical entity that people are identified that you can use the, to then discriminate people. You know, people are discriminated against because of the perceived sex that they are. And this was something that, you know, the second wave feminists were very aware of. But now we see this like third wave intersectional feminism where they're blurring the boundaries between sex and gender. They're the same thing or they're different depending on the context and how they want to win an argument. Right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and they've completely decentered biological sex from the talk of, of women's rights. So now we can't even talk about the actual basis of the oppression of certain individuals based on their sex because now it's just a state of mind. But, you know, for all you know, I could be gender fluid i could be going back and forth between male and female in my mind well in the first segment you were a dude then you were a woman now you're back to being a dude Exa again. i mean it just switched again yeah oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> so uh you know but there's nothing that changes physically about me you can't see it and so mm -hmm. the idea that we can actually that we should be centering a state of your mind of how you feel about yourself in relation to your body as the object of of oppression just makes absolutely no sense i think you said something they want to win an argument it's almost like they're toddlers you know, like their, 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 their mental maturity is that of a seven-year-old who's like, nah, you're dumb. No, I'm smart. That's racist. Nah, you're not allowed to say it. Uh-uh. Yeah, that's how, that's how it manifests itself is yeah. very, I mean, they, they have so much snark in their arguments. It's just they get brownie points for how snarky they are. Uh, but it also boils down to sort of this, um, what would I call it, gender critical theory um, mainly queer theory is what they're using to just try to blur the boundaries between male and female because again you can kind of keep going back and you see these certain themes they think that there's power dynamics just by the fact that you're categorizing things male and female are these real entities well no these is just a you know white western notion of how you know people try to oppress certain groups by maintaining these binaries and forcing people into them so that's that's sort of where we are right now in terms of we're third wave feminism and gender and sex. I think we may be reaching a point where I don't know if the critical gender theory people can actually pass this. And it is, you, you think they'll be able to just keep going and doing whatever they want or? I don't think so because it's one of those things. I mean, I've said it before that this is one of the, one of the last tests for, for reality. It's like reality's last stand in a way. If we can, <laughs> if we can convince a large swath of America or humanity that there's no such thing as male and female, then you can just maybe roll ahead and get anything you want in there because yeah. mm -hmm. it's one of the most things that I, I think, well, luckily almost everyone who's not super woke leftist realizes that male and female are, are different. Almost everyone on the right is going to acknowledge the fact that males and females are real and different. Probably most people on the left as well, especially in the realm of sports. I think that's where it's going to really I show. Don't know, man. I, I, so? look, I look at like the younger generation and, and there's like uh, – a left-wing meme that mocks the, the right's fifth-grade, 20-year-old understanding of biology. And the, 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 the angle they're taking is science is supposed to change because we learn more. And we heard it from Bill Nye on Netflix. We learned a whole lot. Now it's to, to spectrum. But not, there's not male and female. It's like male, female, male, you know, just like yeah. weird gradient between the two, huh? If well, look at... I was going to say, I think we're reaching a point where there's going to be systems in place that are going to be very difficult to overcome. So uh, one example, Wikipedia. Wikipedia is a structure. 
it functions in a specific way. You can't use many of these broken definitions because you need to be able to say word means this and link to another word. And it has to be a, 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 a it's, it's basically like you're looking at an actual structure of a building. You can't just randomly place things. The building won't stand. If the building is already there, you can't move blocks out. So I'll give you an example. This is the Wikipedia page for woman. A woman is an adult female human. End of story. Hmm. What's a female? Well, female is specifically defined as it is the sex of an organism or part of an organism that produces non-mobile ova, egg cells. Barring rare medical conditions, most female mammals, including humans, have two X chromosomes. So Wikipedia, you can't just go and look. They even locked the page. Isn't this crazy? Hmm. This It's semi-protected, probably sure because people... Bombarded. Yep, trying to change it. Here's the problem. Ask any one of these critical gender theorists, what's a define woman? Oh, they can't do it. Right, because woman is adult human female. What would they say it is? They would say a woman is anyone who lives and identifies as a woman. And then when you drill down on that, well, how does a woman live and identify? Well, then they just get into certain stereotypes of masculinity and femininity. Even and then all of a sudden, even though they'll insist that they're not, it's not based on stereotypes. Whenever you drill down on saying like, "What do you? How? What does it mean to live as one? What does it mean to identify as one, or express yourself as one?" It boils down to stereotypes. This is progressive why, conservative stereotypes of them. We're just it's backwards. Interesting. Th- right? this, is, this is why I think a lot of so a lot of what we see. I was reading about rapid onset gender dysphoria. You're familiar with this? Oh yeah. And they, there was one study I was reading. I think it got pulled, actually. I'm not sure. It said that like... Lisa Lippman's paper? I don't know which one. But they said 85% of trans children are female to male. Did you read that? Yeah. Is this just, I'm going to say it, internalized misogyny? Because here's what I got to say. They, they talk about stereotypes, right? That, uh, you know, a, a woman can look wherever she wants, right? Some women have facial hair. It just happens. And they're still women, Right. And so you have a bunch of young women who are calling themselves male names, dressing in, in male stereotypical ways, almost like a caricature of a man. And I wonder if they just hate women and they hate womanhood. And it's not about being trans or non-binary. It's about literally just hating femininity and loving yeah. masculinity. I think there's some of that. I mean, if you're going to define gender identity, ultimately boils down to differences in stereotypes. Then you get to this point where you have children growing up they're told these ideas that being a man or woman or even male or female because these are the same thing now uh is based on gender stereotypes now you got get a tomboy who has more male typical behaviors like to hang out with boys like rough and tumble play all that stuff now suddenly they're questioning their gender identity now suddenly they say well i'm i have these i'm more stereotypically male on my behaviors and then some of this gender theory tells them that you might be a boy Quite, I mean, nowadays <laughs> they're saying you are. Yeah, you are, yeah. yeah. Or at least you're highly suspect. So you get a lot of lesbians who also are very much correlated with gender atypical behavior, more more male-like behavior. And so you're basically getting the situation where you have a lot of young lesbians showing up to these gender clinics that are saying that I think I'm a boy because I have, and they list all these male-typical behaviors. And then in some states you can just, you know, you can get your puberty blockers or your your hormones right right across the uh yeah right over the counter so the the wikipedia thing is really interesting to me because right now there's a debate right they say why well, you call it whatever you want trans women are women right that, that's, that's what, that's, that, that's what the, the, what the left says not according to wikipedia according to wikipedia 
because you have to have clear definitions of what both of those things are. So when you're talking about someone who is um, um, assigned male at birth and then identifies as female and undergoes transition, that is classified on Wikipedia as trans woman. So if you ask these people, they'll say, no, that's a woman. I'm sorry. Woman is defined on Wikipedia as an adult human female, meaning they produce barring rare medical uh, yeah. conditions. I'm actually shocked that Wikipedia hasn't been corrupted. I would expect that. Up to I don't think it can. That's, that, that's the problem. That's where I think the wall is being hit. Because you can't have one word linked to two articles. So how, do you, how does the system Logical function? Logical consistency is not well, their strong suit. So I, exactly. I imagine they might not care at some point. Well, no, that's not the issue. The issue is Wikipedia is a digital structure. Logical consistency is mandatory for its function to a certain degree. They could probably create a hybrid article and say a woman is anyone who claims to be a woman, but then what's female? But then because they have to address the idea of male and female, but they're already arguing it doesn't exist. How will that impact plants and insects, for instance? Yeah. Well, we have very, very like we were talking about this before the show, the angler fish. Right. So I didn't, I didn't realize it was the angler. They're the ones with the weird little doodads mm -hmm. on their heads. Mm -hmm. That's so funny. They have like cool. lights on their faces yeah. or whatever. Yeah, That's cool. So basically, the, 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 the female is massive and nasty looking. Yeah. And the male is a little nasty looking thing. And it <laughs> latches to the female. Bites them. And then just becomes a permanent attachment to the female. So weird. And then just deposits, you know, sperm and stuff into the female. Constantly. Constantly. Yeah. Okay. So when you see that biological sex literally exists in nature very obviously. So there's a clash then on personal identity. If they try and go into Wikipedia and change female and male because they want to get rid of it, that would shatter the, 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 that would shatter the systems already created around our mapping of biology. It can't. Humanity is yeah. tied to the animal kingdom. You can't just claim male and female doesn't, don't exist because we can see it expressed in ridiculous ways across the animal kingdom. I mean, uh, cardinals, for instance. You have the bright red cardinal and then the little All tinted red like female. Yeah, yeah. yeah you, you have this conflation among the activists where they try to look at, they conflate sexual dimorphism, which is you know, different features that males and females have, with sex itself. Okay, so if you were to look at something like the gender-bred person that they have. What, what, is, what is the gender-bred person? So it's, it's, it's this poster that they have in certain schools. I've heard that it's even being used in some college courses on, in gender studies, uh, where it lists basically it has this gender-bred gingerbread person, gingerbread person. Uh, and then it labels all the man. It, like it highlights different areas on the on the body like what it will be like gender it? and it'll have it in their head like how you identify then it has a little box that says biological sex and it's pointing to you know the crotch of the gingerbread person and in that in that crotch area where it breaks down biological sex it will list things like oh, voice wow. pitch body hair things like that well these have nothing actually to do with your act what sex you are so the biggest conflation is conflating primary sexual characteristics with secondary ones. They'll try to say that if you are an individual and you have a beard and you have you know, more upper body strength and you have a deep voice, they're trying to say that you're actually more male if you have those traits, even if you're biologically a female. So I, I try to use, I use an analogy that it's, it's, like, it's like bikers and cyclists, okay? Like if you define a biker as someone who rides a motorcycle and a cyclist is someone who rides a bicycle these are two different types of vehicles okay they're very different one's motorized has gas one's you pedal uh, but then you can also say well what are the secondary traits of bikers and cyclists and a secondary trait of a biker would be you know leather pants uh, skull <laughs> tattoos 
bandanas, you right. know, smoking cigarettes, whatever, all those things. And you look at bikers or uh, cyclists, and their secondary characteristics are a spandex, <laughs> spandex. bodysuit. And those weird helmets. <laughs> the weird helmets, yes. you know, probably more clean shaven. They shave their you know, whole bodies. vegan yeah. or whatever you do. Like, these are vegan. These are, <laughs> I'm not sure yeah. that one makes sense. Like, those are like secondary traits that are associated with being cyclists and bikers. But if you were to have someone riding a motorcycle who's wearing a spandex bodysuit <laughs> and, you know, all the stuff a cyclist typically wears, they wouldn't magically become a cyclist. They would still be a biker because right. they're riding a bicycle. That's a good way to put it. Motorcycle. Yeah. You can have the secondary sex characteristics of males or females. That doesn't have anything to say about what your actual biological sex is, which has to right. do with what is the uh, reproductive anatomy that you have. What Has it been or organized around the production of, of sperm or ova? You don't actually have to make sperm or ova to be a male or female, but what is your reproductive anatomy? How is it developed? What is it centered around the production? I of? like that. Well, so so all that stuff in mind, there's how how do you create? How do you take the the existing scientific infrastructure? And and I mean, Wikipedia is a great example specifically because you click words to link to articles. If you can't change the article and have one word mean two things, that's a key component of the critical race theorists of the of the the uh, critical gender theorists yeah. is having one word mean multiple things at the same time. Yeah, well, they're against the, any categorization whatsoever. So. So Wikipedia uh, is just got to go. So Wikipedia, we could probably make their own Wikipedia or something. Wikipedia. Mm -hmm. Ooh, that's a good one. That'd be a funny one to make. We should get that domain. Seriously. <laughs> Someone like, just bought it. it. Why oh, just say no. that? <laughs> Wikipedia. Someone probably got it already. But you could do all satire and like, actually, no, you could actually break down the absurdity of, of uh, the, the, their beliefs. In a way, that's kind of what James Lindsay's new discourses is. It's basically, well, he calls it translations from the wokish. Oh, yeah, but, yeah, uh, yeah. It's basically Wikipedia. Yeah, so I, I've seen, um, I think it was uh, Heather Hying and Brett Weinstein talk about this. They, uh, like, that sex is bimodal. Have you, heard, have you heard that? I've heard that. I don't agree with that statement. But uh, the, 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 what, what they often show when they say that is that, you know, 99% of males and females fall within a very specific range. But there is an extreme that slightly cross each other in terms of, uh, like, estrogen or, or, or testosterone or masculinity or femininity. They don't connect, though. So the idea is you can have a male who is more stereotypically female and effeminate than the average female, but still be producing sperm and yeah. being male. They don't connect. They are just two different independent trees that can surpass each other on a scale of femininity to masculinity. Mm -hmm. But what the left does is they say it's a spectrum and they connect them. Yeah. So as though that at some point you actually switch to the other side and your body starts producing the other, you know. Yeah. So if you're looking at like the secondary sex characteristics, like breast size and facial hair and body weight or whatever, those are very bimodal. Like they're correlated with sex, but they're not definitional and of sex. Um, but then there's this other structure underneath of sex, which is basically the binary male or female even though the secondary traits can sort of map on over the top of that. Mm. I usually use it as like, I do like a coin flip analogy uh, because you know you have heads and tails on a coin, about one out of every 6,000 flips with a nickel will land on its edge. Is that true? Yeah. 6,000? They have a study. Wow. Yeah. It'll land on its yeah, edge. And that's almost the exact same rate of intersex individuals that are in the population that have somewhat ambiguous genitalia that might not be easily classifiable as as male or female. Not always, but sometimes it's, it can be pretty ambiguous. So what a lot of the trans activists try to say is the existence of these intersex individuals, these one out of five or 6,000 individuals, they're calling to the, un, into question 
the existence of males or females. Well, that's kind of like saying that just because a coin can land on its edge, that means that heads and tails are not real discrete <laughs> outcomes. So right. male and female, they're discrete outcomes. You're, if you're a male, you're just as much as male as a male who's got a weaker beard, who's not as tall, who's got a light, you know, high voice. There's not like more or less male there. You're just, it's, it's a discrete category. Even though we can acknowledge that there is an edge, someone might land on the edge where they could have ovo testes. They might not, they be, they're infertile. They don't produce either sperm or ova. They have ambiguous genitalia. You, and who's going to say whether this individual's male or female? I don't think, maybe in some instances you can't quite assign them to or this, categorize well, this, them the, to one sex. It's one of the things they actually bring up because there are some people who are intersex who look like they're male or look like they're female, but they're intersex. Yeah. And there's a bunch of different, yeah. you know... Most uh, intersex conditions are sex-specific, um, which a lot of people don't tend to realize. Like, what, is it, what do you mean by that? So, like, um, let's say, like, Castor Semenya, for instance. What is she it? has a, oh. um, a condition called 5ARD, which she has uh, basically... Well, so, so real quick, who is she? Oh, she's the uh, South African um, runner, basically, the Olympic mm. runner. And she's recently been banned from competing in the Olympic in some, in some events because uh, she was... I would say assigned female at birth, but she has a condition that basically make it so your male genitals don't develop when you're in utero. So you're basically born and you can look, your genitals can look stereotypically all female to sometimes they can also look male depending on how severe um, your case is. And so she was presumably has more feminine looking genitalia because she was um, marked down as female at birth. But her condition is a condition that only affects biological males. So she has, she's XY, she has internal testes. That's why her testosterone level is so high that she can't compete in these leagues. Because wow. they have certain rules for athletes who have her specific condition. But did they used to? Like, did, did, they didn't use to. They, they, they just be like, you look like a woman. Congratulations, you can run. Yeah, I mean, there's a whole history of, of how people were banned and kept out of certain categories for the, you know, the woman's category. And there's some horror stories of you know what people were subject to back in the day as well but um people try to make make it uh, they say that Semenya's you know she's a woman she's a female that's what people say but no one ever really brings up the fact that Semenya is actually x male. y and has testes um is, what, is it is it fair to say biologically male in that capacity or is it i would say biologically male um interesting b people with her condition have fathered children before so oh, wow. if that puts it into perspective well, the only thing that really matters is everyone is deserving of the same equal rights under the Constitution in our country yeah. and, and human rights in the world, period. And I think that's that's one of the things they try to use to make it seem like conversations like this are meant to attack an individual's rights or anything like that. And, and it's not. But yeah. they but we, we have we have sex specific categories in sports for a reason. Right. I mean, of, of course we do. It's the, you know, the, you, the, I, 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 I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just, I heard this. I don't know if this is true. I'm, I think it is. There's no rule keeping women out of the NFL or the NBA or the MLB. <laughs> yes, that's a common misconception is that these leagues are male-only leagues, but they're actually open to anyone who wants to be in them. So the but fact that you don't have any females So they're them, sexist. Yeah, they're, they're keeping the women out on yeah. purpose. Hey, I mean, Tim? a lot of people would actually make that argument. Sorry, I don't mean to interrupt. Can we adjust his volume a little bit? More? Yeah. I can try to go closer. Yeah. So, yeah. Anybody, we, we've seen some women try and compete in the NFL, like to try out for it, I, I should say, as kickers. And there's been a couple, I think, who've gotten close. But there's no women in major league sports, even though it's open to them. Yeah, I mean, it's, the gap is so huge. 
and it's all part of the, the the push to get trans athletes or to get males to be able to compete against females it all comes back to the language game they play which is actually the most horrifying part because they've realized that you don't actually need to change laws in order to get them uh, uh i guess expressed differently uh, enforced differently if you just change the language around exactly them. so we have leagues like the wnba or women's women's sports women's categories but if you define redefine what a woman is to be not adult human female but to be anyone who identifies as a woman then all of a sudden you can have people saying you know if, and if you're chanting the mantra that trans women are women full stop then well why can't a trans woman play in the women's category so we need to try to say and call the what we should be doing is calling them female sports uh but then of course they'll come after the word female there too. they are i mean they are yeah, yeah. biological sex doesn't exist They've been saying that for years yeah. now. And they'll point to overlap between males and females, saying that, like, not every, you know, some females can compete against some males. I was like, well, if we're talking about the elite of elite athletes, we're not talking about the center of the bell curves where there's some overlap in ability. If we're sampling the 0.01% of elite athletes, it's entirely dominated by males. Yeah, this is, this is something really interesting that I, I had talked about before in terms of, like, why don't we see women at the top of, like, CEO positions or in, in major league sports and things like that? The, 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 there's a bunch of sports. I should, well, you know, in, intelligence-based, like, strategic games, games like chess, obviously. And you don't see a lot of women at the top of these things. And there's a, Are you familiar with the, the you, you probably are, the greater male variability hypothesis? Yeah. So there are, there are more male idiots and more male geniuses. And women tend to be closer to average. So if that's true, that means you got a ton of really dumb guys. And that's unfortunate for those guys and for the women who have to deal with them. But then you also have uh, a certain, uh, a certain uh, factor more of genius men versus genius women. So then if you have, I don't know, don't know what the proportion is to, you know, how many, do you actually, do you know how many genius men to genius women? I'm not sure. But if I, know, you, I know as you get further to the you know, tail ends of the distribution, it, the proportion of male to female goes, goes up. Yeah, it's, it's rather extreme. Yeah. Yet the, uh, so it, it was interesting because based on the greater male va- variability hypothesis, there are more women than men who are average, of average in, uh, capability intelligence. And which I was also reading another study, it was very interesting. SAT scores uh, align similarly to mm-hmm. the greater male var- variability hypothesis in terms of intelligence. So if you have, for every eight male geniuses, two female geniuses, then don't be surprised if you have 80 male CEOs and 20 females, or even less. Because what happens is, if you have a million people, now you're getting, dis- it's, it's, it's just disproportionately becoming more and more male geniuses that have to compete for the same space, and it's just harder for everybody. But if you look at our, our, our society with 328 million people, and whatever the proportion is, let's say you have you know, 10 million geniuses and only a million are female. That means a woman has an, uh, a one out of 10 chance of getting that job, which means more often than not won't get it. And you'll see a lot more men as CEOs, a lot more men in, in higher ranking positions in general. Yeah, and this is what the, the whole diversity, equity and inclusion is trying to undermine, basically, because they just look at the, the outcomes, the dis- disparate outcomes that we have. And they assume that there must be some structural problem there keeping females out of these certain fields. Because uh, everything's a social construct, therefore. Yes, I mean, that's, that's where they're coming from. Um, we have this concept in science, you've al- almost certainly heard it, that correlation doesn't equal causation. We're taught that first, you know, first day of, of intro bio or intro science class. But something that's not really taught that should be 
is that disparity does not equal discrimination. That's, you know, Thomas Sowell right there. Oh, yeah. That needs to be something that is just ingrained in us because if you just look at the different backgrounds of, of certain white Americans, like French Americans versus Russian Americans, you have differences in their average income. That's it's pretty large. Are we really going to say that there's like some structural discrimination against you're just a Russian Americans and things like that? So, yeah. So we, Russia, we, need to, we, we need to look at what's what I call this like a multivariate analysis. Whenever you're looking at the differences in outcomes, you can't just stop at the difference of the outcome. You need to go and look at other variables. How, how many individuals are majoring in this in school? How many, you know, if, are there differences in just preferences going up? Once you control for these variables, uh, you usually find out that, well, the disparity at the end is kind of what we would predict based on, you know, sex-related proclivities and um, even just randomness. I mean, randomness can produce unequal outcomes all the time. Get like a random number generator. It's going to give you a different number every time you do it. Mm-hmm. So, so uh, in, you made an interesting point about, you know, France versus Russia. And I remember reading something interesting about France. You know, they smoke a lot. I don't know if they smoke as much as they used to, but that was like a trope. And they drink a lot of red wine, as does Italy. And there are studies that tracked them and found lower rates of, say, like heart disease or things like that. And I wonder if, you know, these, these things are typically associated with being bad for you, you know, drinking too much alcohol. I wonder if there's certain characteristics that are developed over time in different, you know, uh, cultures or I guess, I don't, what would you call it, like the, the, the French people? meaning that they, they have, over time, developed certain characteristics based on genetics. You know what I'm trying to say? Like, that red wine might benefit people of France, but not people of, say, South Korea. Mm-hmm. Is, that, is that a possibility? So, like, an actual genetic evolution that's creating these, like, that, that's not just a cultural difference, maybe? Right, or? yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, one example yeah. is, I've often been told that I don't do dairy well because I'm part Korean, and, South, and, and, and Southeast Asians didn't have a lot of dairy in their diet, so they did not. So so they're less likely to produce the lactase enzyme. Yeah, yeah. I would say that there's definitely some like human diversity that's of that nature. Um, it's hard to know if it could go back as recent as like wine drinking or something like that yeah. because it's you know, new. That's, it's pretty new, and you'd, you'd have to take a lot. There'd be some some directional selection for that to be. Yeah. You know, those types of cultural differences, but I do think one thing that we need to be focusing on that a lot of people don't like to talk about is cultural differences that can create these different outcomes and different preferences what individuals and populations want to want to do in their lives i mean you do get i mean some stereotypes are on average true to some degree i know a lot of people who had asian backgrounds in their families are very much focused on education I can't it's a cultural you, thing yeah i can't tell you how many black friends that i've had who've told me that when they're growing up they were interested in going into into stem they all have the exact same story they were told that they're acting white they were made fun of they were discouraged from going sad. into these fields. And I think that's something that they don't allow us to talk about these cultural differences, but they absolutely matter. And I think that that is something that needs to be put on the table, but they don't want it on the table because that's sort of seen as putting blame on the groups that are, that are doing this, but it's, you can't look past that. I heard, I, I read this somewhere. Maybe, maybe it's not true that uh, there's a disproportionate amount of Asian doctors. And I think that's true. Yeah. Have you, have you heard that? What's that? A disproportionate amount of Asian doctors. I believe this to be the case. And yeah. I do not believe that is because of, uh, what is it called? Racism? No, it's not Benevolent racism. racism. No, no. Yeah, yeah. It's benevolent racism where they accept more of them because they're smarter. 
No, do you know what it's called? Or um, affirmative action. Oh, yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, right. Well, no, affirmative action seems to actually be a detriment to, to Asian people. But I, I think, you know, it, it's really funny. The, um, I, I love this joke. I was talking to some friends and I mentioned, we, we were talking about YouTube demonetization. You know, all the channels are getting their little yellow icons. You can't make money anymore. And there was a big trend where people are like, it's political. You know, they're censoring, you know, people challenging the establishment. And I was talking to a friend and I said, I don't, I don't think that's true because my mom makes math videos and her math videos get demonetized. And then one friend said, mm. I, I think it's funny that your mom, your Korean mom does math tutorial videos. And I immediately started laughing. I thought it was hilarious. And I texted her right away like, <laughs> ah, and she laughed too, because it is funny. And I'm like, how did that happen? Like, what are you doing? Yeah. It's just, I don't know. Uh, it, it's, it's remnants of, uh, of, of the culture, I think, that mattered. And to my mom, it was, it, was, it was cultural. There's no like genetic predisposition to be like, go study. I think it came from, you know, her, her, her parents and their parents before her parents and things like that. And that carries on. It has a huge impact on me because then I grew up with, with, with a mom who was like, I'm going to teach you how to do all these things very early and you're going to be really good at math. And it really did help. And then I stopped going to high school and started focusing more on like human and social behavior stuff. And I did nonprofit fundraising for, you know, uh, for various nonprofits, yeah. obviously. I think it's actually encouraging to know that something like culture could be playing such a big role because culture changes. It changes very quickly. You know, it'd be much worse situation if these were actually due to, you know, fundamental biological differences between certain ethnic groups. That would be a terrible situation to be in. Uh, You you know how I know that's not not the case? Because I had a bunch of Asian friends growing up who are potheads who couldn't add two (laughs) plus two. That's funny. Dumb as a box of rocks. And I'm like, that proves it to me. It's not race. (laughs) They're just layabout stoners. And people who choose to do hard work can succeed. That's actually kind of encouraging to me because my take on the cultural differences is that you can't change culture. Like you can't involuntarily change it, I guess. It has to be something that people do for themselves. So it's always kind of deject caused me to be a little bit dejected about it because I'm like, how do you change what people think and how they yeah. view things like well, It's going to be a generational thing. Yeah. I mean, the culture is not going to, you can't just like have someone give up their culture. So it's going to be a generational thing. But at least it's a faster than other processes that could be happening. So that's why I think these far leftists are actually fascistic Nazi-esque types. I'm, I'm being I'm exaggerating a little bit. But what I mean is the, the end result of what they're doing is the preservation of individual in- cultures like you can't wear someone else's robe or whatever. Right. You wear the, the wrong oh, the Chinese dress canceler. You can't do it. It's not allowed dreadlocks. Well, you got to go. And so what they're doing is with segregation, they're also doing cultural enforcement. Everybody must remain the perfect stereotype Mm. of their culture based on the color of their skin. And that is the way it will always be. And they'll even create white only spaces. You know, what's going to what's actually going to change the discrimination and bring people together is literally people just living near each other and sharing each other's culture. We've been doing that for a long time. It's been kind of awesome. You know, we can we can have movies where you have different people playing different, you know, uh, characters different backgrounds. You can have white people, you know, dressing up in ninja outfits and whatever. And it was just like, you know, whatever. We, 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 we share and we exchange culture. And now it's all being reversed. Yeah, they, they allow the cultures to bleed one direction, you know, like other marginalized communities can take on the culture of, you know, quote unquote, dominant groups. Right. But the whole field of like post-colonial theory, this is what uh, keeps them from allowing white individuals or anyone from a dominant white western male whatever uh background to appropriate culture that's why cultural appropriation is considered such a a taboo thing because it's 
basically taking the voice away from uh, colonial people who've been colonized, basically. It's really interesting how I hear this a lot that uh, I was talking about anti-racism, trying to explain to people that there's racism, there's, and, and that, so on, on one side you have racism, then in the middle you have not racist, and then on the other side you have anti-racism. Anti-racism and racism agree on many of the same constructs. They just disagree on who should benefit from them. I guess. Actually, it doesn't really make sense because anyone can be racist. But in the, in the anti-racist worldview, like uh, the Ibrahim X. Kendi guy, he views it as racists and anti-racists agree on the exact same things, except who should be benefiting the most from mm-hmm. it. And so I think, we, you know, we, we want to be not racist. And we, we've, been, we've been doing really, really well for a long time. But now they're recreating all of the identical systems under the guise of getting rid of them. The one thing I find truly fascinating about it is if you compare what they're saying now to, say, the dream of Martin Luther King Jr., it's completely at odds with everything he said. So it's the weirdest thing to me when I see people holding up, you know, signs at protests referencing, you know, Martin Luther King Jr. And I'm like, but you don't agree with him. You disagree with him. It's gone completely other direction. Yeah. I don't know if you saw Martin Luther King's, was it his living daughter? She had a post on his niece. Yeah, his niece. Yeah, I think it is, okay. Yeah. She had a post that she did on Twitter. I just couldn't believe it. It was a picture of a, a young black man holding a sign. What did the sign say? It said, like, dear white people, stop using Martin Luther King to further your agenda. You know, you killed him too. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, that. yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was just the most shocking thing because as people rightfully commented, like, I would like to be judged by the content of my character rather than the color of my skin. <laughs> It was the poster being held was doing exactly the opposite of what Martin right. Luther King suggests we do. Dear white people, that's just group blame. That's right. original sin for an entire group of people. That's the exact opposite of what the civil rights movement was based on. So my prediction, I guess, is mm-hmm. the Olympics will be a whole bunch of men, biological males. Well, according to Wikipedia, men, adult human males. There will be I, – I, actually, you know what? Let's, we'll, we'll go into this because this like, it's, it's a weird thought. The Olympics – allowing, you know, male individuals to compete in the women's division. Won't that just over time create two divisions, the men's and the trans women's division? Mm-hmm. I mean, basically, it depends on if they want to just, well, if they, over time, yeah. I mean, basically, because the women's division will essentially just be dominated by males. Yeah. A lot of these trans activists in sports, though, they don't even want to have these different categories. There's, some, there's a movement to just eliminate the categories yes. and base it on just like what like weight or something like that which would still eliminate female sports because even controlling for weight at every stage of the you know qualifying it's much more dominated by males at every weight class you know i, I learned this uh, uh i think it was like a year or so ago i was doing an interview with uh dr deborah so and in the course of the research for the segment we, we did like a 10 minute interview and then we, we we put together sources and context in between some of the things she was saying I, I didn't know this, but it wasn't until I think the early 90s, we, when we did clinical trials for drugs, we didn't include women. It was just men. And so, surprise, surprise, some drugs weren't working on <laughs> women because women have different bodies. And, and so uh, I, I think one of, the big, uh, one of the big issues was painkillers, for instance. Men and women react differently to different medications. It wasn't until the 90s when we were like, hey, wait a minute, we might have to do clinical trials for men and women. Yeah, that's a good argument for things like, well, if you, if I wanted to, to steel man something like feminist studies or whatever in medicine, 
I would point to things like that where it's just like, yeah, pe we need to look at, you know, the female aspect of things was not emphasized quite as much. Uh, and it's good that we can look at that. And maybe it's good to have, a, you know, people who are looking at it with an eye for these sort of types of discrimination that maybe a bunch of guys would just kind of look past. Yeah. Uh, but you see a new movement now that's basically claiming that there's th something called feminist science that is distinct from normal science <laughs> and can only be done by can only be done by hmm. females, uh, which gets rid of the whole universality of, of knowledge. And, you know, if, if you're going to get a different result based on your your biological sex. Yes. Then this isn't science. This is just I, politics. I love it when when they say things like two plus two doesn't equal four because who, who, who made that up? And there's a viral video where it's a Black Lives Matter activist saying like something like. So what, some white guy in Europe said four, and all of a sudden everyone just says, okay, that's ridiculous. And it's like, actually, no, I think it was, it was the Middle East. For, <laughs> you know, we use Arabic numerals, but uh, uh, it was multiple cultures coming with the concepts of numbers. Yeah. Uh, well, that's where they go, man. And it, 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 you, know what, you know what's really interesting is that when I bring up that we finally realized we, we need to do clinical trials on women, that's a good thing. And that's a that's a representation. Uh, you, you mentioned this of like act, of feminist studies or whatever in, in a positive sense that there was a point where it was kind of like, hey, wait a minute. I just realized something. If we have a bunch of like just one you know group of people from the same town, from the same school, all sitting in a room and they haven't been exposed to other you know parts of the world and different experiences, there's a lot they don't know. And that's diversity of opinion, diversity of thought. So you end up saying, you know, what would really help. If we got someone from a different school to come in here and talk to us because they have a totally different, you know, uh, like we're researching the same things, but I don't know what they've been talking about, what they found. If we send one of, you know, one of our dudes over there and one of their dudes comes over here, we'll all be more robust in our ideas and our perspectives. And that was what diversity was supposed to be. When we talked about diversity of bringing in, you know, migrants and different people from different backgrounds, it was because they had different worldviews. Yeah. But now what they're doing is they're like, so long as everybody looks a little bit different. We don't care. Yeah. Actually, actually, we want them to be homogenous in thought. Mm -hmm. That's what I think is going to be the death knell of a lot of universities and fields like psychology, uh, where you have people who are almost entirely from the left and sometimes very far left who are just doing these studies that are a lot of these studies, even when they if they study politics, they almost look at conservatism as if it were like a an aberrant trait you know they, they study at it like an alien studying something <laughs> yeah. they're just like why the do strange people Trump why would supporter. anybody believe these things uh, so you can see that bias there um and it's just they're unable to cover for their own blind spots because you're gonna have i mean science a lot of people try to portray it as this emotionless thing where you know scientists are just going in there leave all your biases at the door i'm just looking in my microscope and you know eureka that's not how there's a, there's a human aspect to it people have biases they want their ideas to be true um and the way we control for that is by having a diversity of opinions or people who can yeah. then check your blind spot and say like actually you didn't check for this you didn't check for that you know take in these different viewpoints but as what you said we're not well, getting that well, type hold, of diversity we're getting superficial diversity of Listen, just skin color if i dedicated a year to doing research and i put my heart and soul into it who are you to come in and tell me that's wrong that would trigger me and thus, sh shut your mouth and let me just believe I'm right because it'll be happier, right? I'd be happier too. I mean, I had ideas that <laughs> turned out not to be true when I was the, studying. The moon world. is made of cheese and I can definitively yeah. prove it. And then you go back and create a fake a revisionist history of how we've all heard the moon is made of cheese. 
Well, now we know for sure. Can't prove it's not. That's right. Correct. Yeah. Redefine cheese to. Yes. To yes. Be we just rocking. Well, that's 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 a big thing about what they do, and I, I I've been talking about this for a long time. With the with the words gender and sex changing, changing the definition of the words allows them to change law without having to vote on it. So I mean, we've kind of we kind of have just seen this with the Supreme Court when they ruled recently. I'm sure you you heard that. Uh, 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 your sexuality and your orientation are inher- inherent components of sex. Therefore, you can't fire someone for being trans and you can't fire someone for being, uh, you know, l- lesbian or gay because those are fundamental components of sex. And so thus, it's not necessarily the same thing, but it's really reaching and saying, you know, if, if X a plus, you know. circuitous way to get there. Right. For sure. Yeah, I think, I think it's only a matter of time before, you know, uh, gender... As I, I think it's obvious to most people was 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 put on documents, so that we knew if you were male or female for very specific reasons. That's what people have meant by gender, from a legal standpoint anyway, from a very long time. It's only very recently where now all of a sudden it's a state of mind. So uh, you you probably know this better than I do, Lydia. But I was told that uh, in in emergency medical treatment, knowing whether someone's male or female is extremely important. Yeah, it is. And I wish I could tell you more definitively why, but I never worked in an emergency department. All I remember is nurses telling me about needing to know whether different, what gender different medi- is. medications, course, yeah. I imagine. Yeah, but, but, but different uh, dosages and stuff. But also in like uh, if someone's laying on the ground and you don't know what's wrong with them. I was reading something where it's like it's really important when the EMTs show up that they can clearly distinguish whether or not this is male or female for a variety of reasons. So I wonder what would happen if in like New York where they recognize, I think, 31 genders. And it's really weird because they, they do. And some of them are the same. Like they have female to male, but they also have FTM, which is just an acronym for female to male. Mm. And then they have something called, uh, I'm, I'm not saying this to be disrespectful. It's literally gender blender is one of the recognized uh, New York City <laughs> genders. What, what, is, what, is an, what is an EMT or a doctor going to do when there's, uh, you know, a non-binary androgynous individual and they're trying to determine an emergency procedure with only seconds to decide and the form says gender blender and there's going to be like i i'm not sure quite exactly what i should do yeah i mean if states want to go and have people put their gender identity on their ids in addition to their sex yeah whatever i don't think it really it doesn't give anyone information that they need to know in any context like we have traits on our id so that we can be you know that person has blue eyes brown hair is a male these are things that people that can be verified and you can, you know, this is what the individual looks like. But to put, you know, I'm genderqueer or something, that's not something that anyone can look at you and know about yourself. I'm not sure why it'd I need like, to know that. It'd be like putting, you know, boxers or briefs on your, <laughs> on your ideas. Like there's no reason for people to know that about you that's or your relevant. political identity. Yeah. Like, identity isn't relevant on an ID in any way. But if they want to put it, if people want to do it, they can put it on there. But we can't replace biological sex with because that's something that's you know the, very important. You know, you know the problem is? I don't care what other people do. Okay, you want to put an X on your ID because now a lot of places are allowing this. I really don't care. I'm, I'm going to mind my own business. If you want to put your, your identity on your on your ID and you put gender blender or, you know, androgen is another one they, they, they list in New York City, I, I it doesn't affect me personally. But I have a concern then if it comes to medical treatments and the doctor can't make, think about it this way. A million people go through the medical system in New York in one year. It's a, it's a random number. I don't know what the actual number is. Let's say uh, 1%. So you get 10,000 people who are of, of a, vari- a variety of gender, right? Non-binary, gender blender, whatever. They 
everyone goes in the hospital and there's a certain percentage of success and failure for the doctors on a variety of, uh, of, of ailments. If they don't know your biological sex, they, can, they, they can't be as effective. So hypothesizing, you may end up with a disproportionate amount of non-binary individuals succumbing to the ailments versus, uh, I guess, typical binary biological sexes, male or female. Normally, I would say, if you choose to do this and the doctor can't properly treat you, I mean, you make your own choice. I'm not going to intervene in your life. The problem then is someone's going to pull the data and say, look at this. There's, there's, you know, it, it is twice as likely that a non-binary person dies in a hospital compared to a, a, a cisgendered person. Get ready that, for that proves the doctors are killing these people and are biased against yeah. them. That's the issue. Yeah, I never and, thought about that, but that's definitely... That is the narrative that we're going to see if that absolutely happens. I, yeah, I'm afraid of that. And doctors already pay so much in malpractice insurance. And we're already such a litigious society. And nurses already do so. They spend so much of their time on charting. This is just going to be more for them. This is just going to make everything objectively worse. It's like, oh, go ahead, go ahead. again, because they're only measuring after the fact. They're just looking at the final numbers. Right. Do they, they just get a ruler? Do they match across the top? No one's lower than the other. Is that a the, minority group? Yes. Discrimination. And this is actually going to be, uh, it's not just about medical practices, but there's also, it's, it's going to manifest in a lot of different ways. Perhaps police, you know, stops or something, you know, somebody who dresses a certain way is more likely to get stopped. And then they're going to draw the conclusion, not based on the real reason, but they're going to look at the macro level outcomes and say, this proves discrimination, Yeah, which is if, you know, people are dying, then that proves it. They're biased. Like when it came to, so it's actually, this is really interesting, right? Let's get in trouble. Let's, let's, uh, let's, let's jump right in and get in trouble. Where's this, uh, this tweet? Here we go. Oh yeah. So I have this tweet from JAMA. Are you familiar with JAMA? I am not. So JAMA network is NewsGuard certified. Hmm. So NewsGuard says that it is a, uh, a website for 13 medical journals published by the American Medical Association. They consider it to be overwhelmingly credible with a 92.5 out of 100. And they say racial ethnic variation in nasal gene expression of transmembrane serin protease 2. The, the, the tweet they put out says that given the, given the essential role of TMPRSS2 in SARS-CoV-2 entry, higher nasal expression of TMPRSS2 may contribute to the higher burden of COVID-19 among black individuals. The first reply Race is not genetic. Do better. Well, what do you mean do better? It's a scientific study. How do you do How better is it not science? Genetic? Well, yeah. I mean, if, if you there was a study that's done where you get individuals and they give you their self-identified race and then they look at their genes and they look at how they cluster based on self-identified race. Interesting. And they all cluster basically in the exact same groups that you would think. So there's it's a very low resolution uh, depiction of what these our general racial categories, you know, like white, African-American, it's a super low resolution. If you turn up the sensitivity high enough, you can see these things kind of come out in sort of a, a clustered fashion genetically. Um, and they're, they do give some useful information. So I don't think we should be using these, the generic racial categories. There's right, a much right, more right. easily uh, finer uh, scale variation that you can pick up that might have uh, relevance in the medical field, like only certain uh, populations of black individuals have sickle cell anemia. It's like some sub-Saharan Africa populations have mm. these. But to say, I mean, they're saying race is not genetic, but their idea of race is sort of this socially constructed version. But that's not to say that human variation 
isn't genetic. I mean, human variation is by definition. Genetic. I mean, what do they mean by race in this ca- in this in this regard? That's not genetic. Well, they would say the categories that we call these races were constructed by white Western heterosexual. I mean, individuals. They were definitions and and observations were made typically in science as we know it, from many white individuals. We also collaborate with other countries. I mean, India and Japan, for instance, contribute to a lot of scientific, major scientific breakthroughs and studies, as do a lot of other countries. We don't just assume that... Well, they, yeah. they make the assumption that white people have invented everything. Hmm. Well, the, the, they, they would say that because there's not like any single criteria that defines one race from another, you can't boil it down to a single tiny one thing that makes somebody black or one thing that makes somebody this... Right. Uh, therefore, these categories don't exist. But that's n- ignoring a whole type of thing called polythetic you know, categories, where you can belong to like a certain group that's sort of a that's a it's a cluster concept. It's it can have various characters that co-vary in a non-random way, and you can you can measure this statistically, even though um, you know it's not you can't say that these are super distinct categories in any w- one way. But there are ways to cluster them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it is it is interesting because people often reference, say, like albino black people, and they'll say you can still tell that they're, you know, f- uh, facial, uh, like, you know, the size of the nose or whatever. You can make determinations on that they're, that they're albino or black or something like that. But it, it actually is a really good point uh, to give credit where credit is due to the left when they say that that's a really good example of the left's argument, that there are individuals who have white skin but have more similar uh, facial, uh, facial uh, formations to your, your typical black or Latino or Asian person. And that person might identify as one of those, not as white, even though they have white skin. Mm-hmm. And you end up with really weird things from this argument, though. You end up with white people with black hair saying they're black and getting away with it, like this professor who's apparently Jewish. And so it, it is interesting, though, and I've often thought about this. It, how do you define what makes someone black or not, right? So we, we, we kind of were critical of the idea of the capital B black, the political black. But there, there, there are challenges. You know, there, there are some people you might look at and say, this person has white skin, but they identify as black and they have black parents and there's some, you know, pigmentation issue, maybe albinism. And so they end up with whiter skin. I guess, it, I guess the issue I see is the challenge in navigating the space appropriately and properly to make sure that we're, we're being correct, we're being respectful, uh, correct first and foremost, but we do want to tr- make sure we're treating people like human beings. The challenge there opens the door for a more extreme version of there's no race. Race is not genetic in any capacity and stuff like that. And then this just basically starts to expand from there. And it's almost like science isn't perfect. So they found a hole or they found a thread and they're pulling and unraveling the whole sweater based off of one small thread where they find an error. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like because you can't identify one thing that makes someone definitively black or definitively Asian. Uh, and, and they're again ignoring the, t- the statistical things that we do, and we're correlating different, you know, single nucleotide polymorphisms in populations. I mean, we can get down to such fine scale population differences. If you look in India, you can actually look at the way that the population is structured based on the caste system that they had for long periods of time, where you had more likely to have uh, breeding within caste than between them. This creates certain genetic structures wow. between between certain populations that, makes sense. that can be measured. Like that's what we're talking about. That's that's a much more recent effect, but you can still say that those are real. It's not like a person from this one caste is completely different than this other. They're not like different species. Yeah. But 
you can still look at these correlational differences between their genetic structure. You can say wow. you are more most likely from you know Brahmin cast uh, cast or something. Right. Uh, and well, I mean, we we this, uh, this, is, this is something the human population geneticists have no problem talking about with other geneticists. But if you were to say that this corresponds to anything real to the social justice. Well, I got I got my uh, uh, not not me, but members of my family have gotten their you know ancestry or whatever. And it comes back and it says, here are all the things you are. Like, how can they tell you that if it wasn't really genetic or whatever? Maybe maybe there's something to this whole genetics thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I guess it's a, it's, it's, you know, it's racist, bigoted. I wonder what the, what's your, let's do this. Let's take everything we've talked about just now. Fast forward 10 years. Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) Assuming this keeps going, what would you, what would you predict? Every, uh, I, I would expect if it keeps going at the same clip, I, well, I don't think it can. So if, if it keeps going at this clip, I think it's going to max out and there's either going to be some sort of revolution or no one's going to know up from down or left from right because it's just going to be everything's been deconstructed. I like to imagine um, that everybody has to wear a giant like cardboard box around their body that they like move around. It's not, not, not it's like dragging on the ground, too. And they have they speak through a text to speech so that no one knows anyone's gender or race or whatever. Mm. And in, in order to communicate, you type in the keyboard like "I am hungry and would like to get a cheeseburger," and it's like "I am hungry, would like to eat cheeseburger." That would be too colorblind though, because that's that's racist. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. So then there would be you need to take the, into the, the, the accounts. It needs the, to be a, you'd have a checklist or something outside of like. No, no, no. Uh, the 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 Asian people would have like their like, everyone's skin tone would be the color of their box, but you couldn't see anything else. Is it, is it, can you be gender blind? Is that also bigoted? I think it probably is. <laughs> There's <laughs> gonna, no I'm gonna, answer. I'm going to go with yes on this one. Okay, how about everybody's wearing a gray jumpsuit, they have shaved heads, and if you're a dude, they malnourish you to a certain degree. So everybody will be basically the same height and weight, and they'll hold hands. Yeah, I didn't think we could get to where we are right now, so that's not too far-fetched. <laughs> Honestly, I think the, to, to be more realistic and you know, put the jokes aside, I think the reality is a right-wing reaction. I think that the more psychotic this stuff becomes, there's a, whether the left wants to admit it or not, people have certain biological drives and they're going to want these things like eating food, you know, like we all crave food or we die. And you can't just act like these things don't exist. And people want to have families. It's interesting. Uh, we, we, uh, I was looking at a study a while ago. And it was, um, what do you think most people value and what do you value the most? And most people said, other people want to be famous. They said, what do you value? Family. Everybody said they valued family, but everyone else valued fame. Hmm. It's a really interesting phenomenon. If that's the case, then you have people, most people just want to have a family. Well, if you say you want to disrupt the nuclear family, like Black Lives Matter does, eventually you're going to have regular people saying, I want a family. They're going to look to their left and they're going to see people saying, break the family apart. They're going to look to their right and they're going to to see people with the smiling family and a picket fence. And they're going to be like, I'll take that. What they don't realize is they're looking at, you know, fascists. And they're going to say, I want this one thing. And I bring that up almost as a bit of a self-criticism because here we are, you know, you mentioned earlier, you were not for school choice before, but you are now because of the manifestation of this weird politics. And I mentioned that I wasn't, you know, I don't want to say I was against gun rights or anything like that. But I definitely leaned more towards, you know, what common sense gun control. And I didn't want to own any guns. Now I own a bunch and I'm like, nah, get out of here. Don't take my guns. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So we've, we've been pushed to that side because the left is 
scarier and goes against our own drives for for me safety and security and i think it's actually similar for you in terms of school choice yeah i've stayed i've changed on minor policy type things but i'd say since i was 20 i don't think my my fundamental politics hasn't really changed much but relative to where the center is given that the left has sort of gone out right super far now i'm just considered centrist or even maybe center right by some people i would i would i would i would say by uh you know standard american this this generation my policies my politics are very liberal at least where liberal used to be but now liberal today is blindly following far left progressive insanity and so they call me conservative and I'm like, I have very few conservative positions. And there are a lot of union Democrats that have historically been pro 2A. So that's not even necessarily, there are blue states that are very much pro, pro Second Amendment. You know, Vermont, for instance, Bernie Sanders used to have a good position on, on, on gun control, saying it was an urban versus rural issue. And I was like, that's a brilliant point. That's why I liked him back in the day. Now he's kind of sold out. But I, it's, it's the, the, the right is not really moving all that much. And they're opening up their tent to liberals who still believe in their same liberal positions. But the far left and whatever liberal is supposed to mean today doesn't represent, in my opinion, the average American. They, they, they like to claim most Amer- this, America is a progressive country and it's a lie. They just do, they just do clever wordplay. My favorite is the Green New Deal. Here's what they do. This is how polls work. You probably know. Would you support the government investing into research for green, green technologies to help reduce carbon emissions? Well, yes, they would. Absolutely. You are for the Green New Deal. Check. Then they come out and they say 87% were in favor of Green New Deal policies. You see, they reframe the answer mm-hmm. different from the question. Of course, they'll say, here's our full you know, questionnaire and here's what we asked. But nobody goes in there. Some people do. But then the headline is 87% support the Green New Deal. Why? It's the, it's the bias. People see polls and they assume if most people like it, they'll just say, sure, I'm for it too because they want to fit in. And that's where we're at. How about we take super chats? People Sounds are going to ask questions and Let's do it. they're going to put you on the spot. That's going to be interesting. Yes. Okay, so this one, I guess, has nothing. To, what, what is this? Alan Brady says, hi, Tim. Heard about the Joe Rogan debate possibility. Exciting. Mm. May I suggest the hashtag Joe must go hashtag as my pressure tag of choice. Take this wad of dough and go be my champion in the media sphere. <laughs> that actually is a pretty good one, but it sounds like you're saying he, sh- he has to leave. Just leave. No, yeah, saying Joe must want. go is like, get out of here, Joe. We don't want you. No, Joe no. must go on Joe? Biden. Yeah, that's, it's tough because they're both they're named both, Joe. Yeah. So you, I, I haven't actually heard about this Biden debate thing on Rogan. Rogan? What's the deal with that? So Joe on, on a podcast said that he'd be down to moderate a four-hour debate between Joe, uh, Joe Biden and uh, Donald Trump. And Trump said, yes. <laughs> he said, I do want that. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So uh, Tim Kennedy uh, tweeted on my podcast with Joe. He said he'd be willing to do this. How many of you want this? And Trump quote tweeted it. I do. And everybody's like, yeah, dude, how that would be the most watched thing ever in history. Easy. It would be the highest rated thing ever done ever. No joke. And, and the reason is debates are fake news. Like a debate between Trump and Biden is just going to be stupid, corny. You have 30 seconds to answer, sir. Nah, nah. I want the four hour Trump being like, excuse me, Joe. No, you're wrong. And Joe being like, I can't. Come on, man. Come on. I didn't say that. And then Joe being like, yo, guys, guys, why the F is marijuana still illegal? (laughs) That would be amazing. It would be like the greatest thing ever. That would be so fun. I wish. I would watch that. All right. We got one from Daniel. uh, Daniel. 
Why did I say Daniel? Daniel Christman. Brooklyn's Julia Salazar is a leader of the Justice Democrats and NYC's DSA. I'm running against her for state Senate. One-on-one, I am pro 2A, Trump supporter. I hate Cuomo. Daniel Christman, Google me. I'm an independent. Hey, there you go. Super chat and you get your, uh, you get your, you get your advertisement. Daniel Christman. Why, bo- why bother paying for any sponsorship on any of my channels when you can just super chat me five right. bucks and then I can read out whatever <laughs> you put? All right, here we go. Dr. Roller Gator says, Colin, you sexy nerd. Oh. Pick one or the other, sexy or nerd. You can't be both. <laughs> Are you ever going to announce which candidate is a, in, in a slick leather jacket you endorse for president? <laughs> I do endorse Dr. Roller Gator for president. Oh, Dr. Perfect. Roller Gator? Yes. America. There Absolutely. you go. Absolutely. Yeah. He's the best And candidate. if I had to pick between sexy and nerd, I'd probably have to go with nerd. Nerd. I think oh. that'll carry me further in the future. Yeah, man. Right. Yeah, money talks and, and, and BS a, walks. There was a moment mm-hmm. in the past where I was going to either be in a rock band or go full full throttle on the evolutionary biology. And I just didn't think that my bass playing would have carried me <laughs> as far as just like me actually studying for something and I could commit to it and have the future in my own hands. So. I think smart it's, 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 a, it's a tough industry because it's saturated. Because everybody wants to be a yeah. rock star or whatever. And there's and so much luck involved, too, of who is at your show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, we're, we're in the digital space now, so it's very, it's much more meritocratic. It's true. But you got to have a marketing mind. But the main thing I would say is that if you're, you know, like a bass player or a guitar player or a drummer, like you have like one singular thing you're doing, not a, if you're not a producer of your own music or any others, then you're going to become a session musician. Not bad. You can make money, you know. But then it's basically like, it, it's, a, it's an interesting industry, much like skateboarding where it's just people in the industry paying each other in the industry for money from other industries, you know? Like, the money it generates is from adherence of the of its own industry, you know what I mean? Like, if you're a session musician, it's other bands trying to make it, hiring you to yeah. record music for them. And for the most part, I mean, you could do composition for, for commercials and stuff like that, but then you really got to be a jack-of-all-trades, full-on musician who can do everything, you know? So I think you chose the right path. I, I would say so. so. Daniel Ash- Ashley says, I vote for Team Tim to run real-time fact-checking for the moderated debates. Yes. Oh, no, no, no. I would no. love to do that. Ooh. I'll do it. You don't have to. I Man, if, 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 if Joe Rogan was able to get Biden and Trump in that room, I'm going to be like, congratulations, Joe. You, you, you like, broke the internet. Like, you bro- yeah, you broke the <laughs> internet. <laughs> like, it's, it's literally, like, I couldn't top it. It's going to be tens of millions of live concurrence on YouTube. The full debate would be the, the subject of every major news YouTube outlet. break for sure. Spotify would be happy with that one. Right? Oh, yeah, oh, dude. Yeah. For sure. Oh, man. Wow, we got to make this happen. What do we do? I don't know. Joe Biden. There's no way. Go Joe on Joe Rogan's podcast with Trump. There we go. <laughs> that would be so you incredible. Uh, we'll, we'll, let's, re- let's read some more. But also, what's, you, you want to mention your, uh, your, your Twitter handle or any other, any other thing you want to mention? So you can, you can follow me on Twitter at swipe right. That's swipe W-R-I-G-H-T. Uh, That's your name. Currently working on a book. Cool. uh, Called Reality's Last Stand. It's going to be going over sort of the whole uh, denial of biological sex and uh, and trans issues across the board, basically. And it's going to say Colin Wright PhD in the bottom, right? You know, I don't know if I put that because a lot of times when you put the PhD, that's a lot of what a huckster's put right on their on their mm. front book if they're trying PhD. to sell like crystals or something. So. <laughs> Interesting. So maybe in the maybe in the back flap, it'll mention it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Too funny. Crystals. I love it. Doctor Certifiable says, "Hey, can we get Aria Demetso on the show? We can use a little trans Satanist anarchist perspective. That would be cool, actually. That would yeah, be really was, cool." We were talking about that so yesterday. do you know about the story? I don't think so. Uh, Aria Demetso is a transgender. Uh, I think, uh, I'll just say trans, that's, that's how they describe themselves, trans Satanist anarchist 
who ran for sheriff on the GOP for the GOP nomination and sheriff. won fourth. Uh, that's actually sheriff. Yeah, sheriff. Yeah, yeah, sheriff. Mm -hmm. Four thousand primary votes, and all these Republicans are really angry because they didn't realize who they were voting for. <laughs> so there's a blog from Arya saying like, "You're mad at me. You're the one who just voted for a for a party. It's fundamentally broken." Mm -hmm. And I'm like, "This is great. You know why?" Because the reason why we have rhinos and dinos, these politicians who don't do anything, is because people are like, I'm going to vote Democrat. And they just go, boop. And I'm going to vote Republican. Boop. And they have no idea who they're voting for. Hackable. So it, absolutely. So you end up with a trans Satanist anarchist, anarchist being totally upfront. Uh, her website said, the campaign slogan was F the police running for <laughs> sheriff. It's amazing. Look, if you voted for someone that like blunt and that honest, you didn't do your homework. That was your vote. You chose to vote for that person. Now, the the the, the four-term incumbent in this district is probably not going to lose. So that's why I think it's just a good thing to wake these people up. Like, you got to vote. You got to know who you're voting for. And more importantly, you should run. Because Arya was running unopposed. So yeah. they were just like, well, we got one choice. There you go. Yep. Jeez. So, but but that, 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 would be, that would be fun, I guess. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll try and figure things out. It'd be interesting, if nothing else. Oh, yeah. Alex says, first time watching live. Much love, Tim. Appreciate it. Ooh. Carlos, Cru uh, Carlos Cruz says, Tim, is your pronunciation of sheriff a Chicago thing or is that just a you thing? Why? How am I supposed, how am I supposed, am I supposed to say sheriff? You said sheriff. Sheriff? I was like, sheriff. Sheriff? sheriff? Yeah. Is that, you don't pronounce sheriff like, sh <laughs> now I'm saying it. You don't pronounce sheriff like sheriff. Sh sheriff? Now I can't pronounce <laughs> it. That one office that this person was running for. Sheriff. Sheriff. Uh, yeah, Sharif. Yeah. Sharif. Yes. I'm saying Sharif from now on. Perfect. Excellent. Let's see. Uh, 8-Bit Nako says, I'm only here for Bucko. Well, thank you. He was drinking water and he's since gone back to bed. <laughs> Anthony Crossland says, hey, Tim, I have a background in non-lethal hand-to-hand combat. I want to use this to partner with local law enforcement at no cost to provide police more options for resorting to, t uh, to the tool belt. Includes more training and de-escalation. Thoughts? You know what the problem is? They banned some of these things, right? Like, you know, chokeholds, for instance. They're, they're, they're not... Chokeholds are an option. You know, it, it's like... So, so you, you've seen a lot of the you know police brutality stuff. Yeah. They've banning various things. If a cop has a choice between escalating from punching to shooting because you've gotten rid of chokeholds, wouldn't you wish you had chokeholds as an option? Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Uh, not that, that's that's the main issue I see. But you know, talk to your local department and uh, and let them know. Gerg C says, "Love cats, but maybe feed them earlier and keep them out of the room while streaming." No, we love them. Yeah, They're we honored love them. Guests. See, normally we end the shows around 10, but we usually just go a little bit longer. And so what happens is Bucko, he wakes up when the show ends and then he's all like, you know, droopy eyed and like, oh, what's going on? He's a little groggy. But then we go, yeah, we go like 10 minutes over and he starts yelling at us like, yo, what's going on? It's time to eat. What up? And it's funny. And then he jumps on the table and starts drinking water. It's hilarious. Keeps he, his own aren't, aren't animals funny? I think funny. They're great. Let's see. Keckman says, thank you for being a bastion of free speech and thought, Tim and co. Do you have any measure measures, policies in place so that your your own business does not go woke for uh, after you retire or dismantle what you built when you retire? I don't know. It's all built on me, which is a problem. You know, I get hit by a truck tomorrow. And unless, then... unless Tim goes woke, then your employees don't have I've been thinking about. about it. No, yeah. <laughs> I forbid it. <laughs> I just will randomly wake up one day and be like principles. Pfft, why? <laughs> 
And I could get a big old contract with the NFL. This is the funny thing when they say grifters. They're like the right wing grifters. Oh, yeah. Like I choose to oppose the mainstream establishment. No, I'd love to get a contract be easy. standing up on a podium at, mm-hmm. at you know, the, the uh, Major League Baseball and saying all of the stupid corporate things they want you to say. And they pay fat cash for it. Yeah. I'm not sure where they get the idea that there's a lot of money in someone like me just writing an article and Quillette or something yeah, about right. biological <laughs> sex being real that submarines my whole career that I've been training for Admit over a decade it. to get into you're being funded by right-wing billionaires I mean, they, they, to they, write. there is like a, a small fee you get paid for publishing and in, in quillette but that's, so you admit it's all for money it's all for the money. work you're doing if is in exchange received, for pay i mean when I, I had the article in the wall street journal and someone's like he just wanted the money from that like it's not they don't even pay that much they pay like 200 bucks yeah i know it's and, trash isn't it and it was and i tanked my career doing <laughs> so, so like you ended up quitting benefit. academia yeah, right after that one, basically. So what you're saying is you're a bad grifter. If, if I'm, if there's, a better, <laughs> if there's a better way to do it, like I'd love to. Let me know. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, said, I did get hired by Quillette after I got canceled. So yeah, it works. There you go. It works. You're not, you know, uh, eating gutter oil or anything in the streets. So <laughs> not yet. Not yet. Hopefully. Let's see. Caper two X says lack of context. It ought to be Democrats through history. Yeah, it's lack of lack of context. Aaron says, I had socialists come to my school and give flyers telling us to leave the Dems and form our own socialist party. They want the teachers union and other city unions to strike. I mean, the teachers unions should all join the socialist party. They should. I absolutely believe they should. Totally wasn't my fault, says I believe to fight social justice. Trump should make it easier for foreigners to be citizens based on personal experience. Naturalized citizens have a bigger appreciation here than the SJWs who were born here. I don't, you know, the problem is they have taken all of these really positive things and turned them into really bad things. So you can't oppose them. Social justice. Sounds do so you nice. oppose Antifa. justice? Do you oppose anti-fascism? Anti-racism. Yep. Mm-hmm. Do you that's think why Black I, Lives Matter? I mean, it's yeah, all the same. Exactly. That's why I said. Uh, they, are, they, are the, they are on point on their like clever. messaging campaign. That, that's mm-hmm. why I said I'm going to start a, uh, an organization called the Weekend Vulnerable Elderly Grandmothers. So that way, when Antifa shows up and starts punching them, the, the press will report Antifa beat several weak and elderly vulnerable grandmothers. Yeah, but they, they kind of took that out from game. under you because they actually did. Remember? What do you mean? They beat a couple old people in the streets. Well, and they you know, didn't get any bad press for it. Then um, then we'll say uh, disabled children. Yes. Puppies. A bunch of like super ripped dudes, like far right militia decked out in gear walking around and they'll be caught up, they're, like they're, they'll be called the disabled children. Antifa showed up and attacked disabled children. Attacked the disabled children. Beautiful. Antifa, why would you attack? You're opposed? You, you, you hate disabled children? What's wrong with you? Are you like a, a bigot? Black Lives Matter 2 or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, think, I think there actually is a group called that, T-O-O. Oh, yeah? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, it's a... Uh, yeah. Look it up, I've not heard of that. <laughs> Timothy Peterson says, Former Brewers, Packers, Bucks, Badgers fan. Haven't watched or listened to the pro, te- uh, pro teams. Badgers can't play because the Big Ten is a worthless conference. To hell with all of them. Used to watch sports because, gasp, I like sports. And sports brought us together. Yeah. It's a shame. Morgan says, I'm Canadian and our liberal party has to go as well. This is the fight for all Western civilization. Well, there are a bunch of lunatics doing crazy things, to say the least, in, in, in many different countries. Joseph Aaron says, a subject that doesn't get a lot of attention is child trafficking. Jacko Buyans would be a great guest to have on to discuss the issue. I'm not familiar with who he is. I have heard this name. I got to look him up. That's a lot of, uh, uh, I don't know if you, if you follow any of that stuff, but 
There have been like a bunch of big busts recently of traffickers and like they found kids. I see a lot of people saying they're going to vote for Trump because the Trump administration has been particularly active in taking down these trafficking rings. Have you seen that Wayfair conspiracy? Oh, yeah. It's, <laughs> no, that stuff's all silly, man. So weird. But there's weird stuff happening. I don't know. It's true, but Wayfair is not the way to do it. <laughs> you, know. you know. Yeah. It's a little too open. Yeah. Wolfup says, did you know that September 17th is both Constitution Day and the bloodiest day in U.S. history? I wonder if the leftists going to D.C. know that. The bloodiest day is considered the Battle of Antietam. Really? Yeah, the Battle of Antietam. And I did know was it was September Constitution 17th? Day. That is interesting. Whoa. Well, you know, seven, is there like a gathering on the The White House today? Siege. Oh, oh They're calling it the White House Siege. I doubt they know enough about history. <laughs> yeah. Wow. It's a non-violent siege. Mm-hmm. That's what they said. Siege. Siege. For 50 days, they're going to lay siege to the White House. They said, and it will be non-violent. Yes. Siege. No doubt. No, they're, they're saying nonviolent because otherwise they'll be arrested. But everybody knows Antifa is going to show up, act a fool, and there's going to be tons of violence. But they're anti-fascist, Tim. And that's on the right. 17th. But they're pro, yeah. yeah, in D.C. in front of the White House. For 50 days, they're going to occupy and they're going to fight with cops. And I hope you're all ready for riots. That'll be fun. Hey, if you haven't already, make sure you smash the like button. Because uh, we're talking about important things. Yes. Snaggle Spice says, my best friend has a biracial kid and is now being called a racist due to her support of Trump. Close friends of ours say she's hiding her racism behind her kid. What? <laughs> so insane. Sad times. Love to you from California. Oof, get out. Get out while you yeah, can. Man. Isn't that crazy? You have, you, she, she's just pretending to not be racist by having an interracial child. Amazing. Impressive. Wow. V Sidia says, when I was looking through the cancel Netflix hashtag, I saw a name I didn't expect to see. Richard Spencer canceled his Netflix over cuties. Don't oh. know what to say about this one. You know, a lot of people keep saying the left is pro cuties. No, it's the media class. Yeah. Because everybody was freaking out over that. You, you saw. You, I did, yeah. Basically everybody. There was like one account from an avowed Marxist, you know, she's like, I'm a Marxist. Oh. I oppose this. Uh, Nancy Pelosi's daughter, who's a lawyer, also strongly opposes it. And she yeah, it's disgusting stuff. Yeah, absolutely. But there were these creepy pedos in the media. I know. Who are like, I think the movie was fine. It's oh, like, I wonder what creepy. other movies you think are fine. Yeah, well, tell us the, more. Yeah. In Rotten Tomatoes, it had like an 80% critic score. <laughs> oh, those <laughs> critics, dude. And, and it was like a 4%. Was like, yeah, 4%. Because yeah. the movies, you know, what people touch. don't realize is I see these media people being like, well, you didn't even watch the movie. Mm-mm. No, because someone posted a three minute long clip of little girls doing tw- like twerk Horrible dances, humping the ground. Dance. And I'm like, I- I'm not going to watch that movie. What is this? Yeah. You know, it's uh, don't need to at that point. The way I describe mm-hmm. it is like, imagine if you're making a movie saying murder is bad. Or, I'm sorry, not murder. Uh, drugs are bad. So you buy drugs, literally yeah. give the drugs to kids, make them smoke the crack and film it. It's one thing if they're acting. Look what's happening to them. Isn't that horrible? Yes, it's right, terrible. right, right. I think uh, Sargon said it the best when he was like, if you walked around yelling the N word at black people <laughs> to, to point out how awful it is to do. I'm like, no, don't. But it's like, it's like, yeah, you can't do that. That makes no sense. Yeah, it was a funny point, though. These people are crazy. Jake Phillips says, Proud Boys are still going to Portland. Do you still think they should relinquish their First Amendment rights for optics? If so, at what, at, uh, if so, at what position my should people stand up? Honest question. Did I say they should? Re- I never said they should relinquish their First Amendment rights for optics. I said that perhaps you should consider having your rallies somewhere else because you're stepping into an arena that's going to cause a bunch of violence. And if your goal is actually to help Trump win and stand up for your rights, strategy is more important than acting tough. I imagine it this way, you know, I'm like, imagine the stereotypical, 
you know, a feudal feudal lord's uh, temple or something in Japan. And the ninja runs full speed to the front gate, starts banging on the door saying, let me in. I want to kill the feudal lord. They're going to be like, prepare the arrows and they will kill the ninja. And that's a horribly ineffective ninja. But hey, they were fighting, right? Or wouldn't it make more sense for the ninja to sneak in from the back, climb through the roof on the ceiling, drop down, poison the feudal lord and escape without ever being noticed? The re- I bring this up because I was talking to activists a long time ago about, th- about this. And I said, you can stand up for your rights, but what does it matter if you're losing and you don't care that you're losing? Isn't winning and, and, and securing your rights more important? In which case, tact and strategy is, is paramount. But more importantly, we don't want violence and escalation. So I don't know if you heard the, the Proud Boys are planning on going to Portland on the 26th. Is it like another like caravan or something? Or? I, don't, I think they're just going to go march around and wave flags. Mm. They have every right to do so. Does it mean they should? Mm. Just because you have the right doesn't mean you should go into a situation that's going to hurt your own cause. That's the weirdest thing to me. It's like you have your rights. That doesn't mean you, you're, it isn't, it's mandatory that you go around and march everywhere all the time. Yeah. It means you do it when it makes sense because you're trying to fight for what you believe in. And right now, there's a bigger issue. I mean, I guess if, if they showed up and they did a very specific nonviolent civil disobedience, like carefully planned, and they agreed to not be uh, offensive in any capacity and to only block against attacks and not take attacks, they might win it in, in terms of how the press manipulates everything. Yeah, but if they're going to go in there with like paintballs and start shooting people, like... People are going to show up with guns, probably. The left is going to shoot somebody. And it's, it, and it's just like, they believe... It's, it's you know... You have a right to do it. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not saying they shouldn't do it. I'm saying if it were me and I was trying to win some kind of political battle, I'd be like, well, that's a bad idea. But I'll, I'll, tons of people feel that way. But they have a right to do it. They do. That's why I'm like, do your thing, whatever. And then all the press will come out with the violent right-wing militia Proud Boys, and they're going to lie left and right about everything that happened. And they're going to try and use that to make it so Trump doesn't win. And then you'll end up with, you know, Marxist insurrectionaries running the government. Yeah, I mean, It's I, complicated. I was, I was for, like straight up caravans or something like that would have been fine but as soon as they started the paintball you know, guns and paintballing people like they weren't there to just like wave their flags they're trying to yeah. stir something up pretty good but the, the, the main issue is the narrative being pushed by the left is that right-wing militias are storming their towns and i see the journalists are salivating you see in portland a far leftist stalked and executed a trump supporter and that that's going to scare a lot of people they're, the left is desperate to get any kind of message out that they're not the bad guys. They need all the evidence they can get, even if it's only a little bit, to prove it's actually the right wingers invading their town and attacking the innocent. They're desperate. And never interrupt your enemy when they're making a, making a mistake. But now a bunch of Proud Boys are going to show up. The left is going to be like, listen, they're walking into a trap. You know, the left yeah. has, has, is preparing for it right now, the media, and they know it's going to happen, and they are lining up all their narratives, and they're going to wait for the perfect shot to say the Proud Boy attacked an old lady and, you know, beat random people, and then they're going to put it in the press and see, see that guy who's actually stalking a Trump supporter? It's because of this, and they're going to try and justify everything. But again, I mean, they're, they're allowed to do it. I'm just saying, I think it's a bad idea. Don't like my, uh, my opinions? That's fine. I, 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 you know, you, you have your opinion, I have mine. Holly Mathnerd says, Colin, you're too sexy to do live video chats. Way too distracting. Audio only in the future, please. <laughs> Who are these people? Just triggered. These? <laughs> Random Twitter followers. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Exile of Society says, Tim, if you have a problem with the black separation, then do you like, do you dislike native reservations? Do you dislike the Amish? If you want to live in their community, you have to give up your ways and live on their terms. You also have stated living separate uh, by a river. Separated by a river? I mean, I just, there's a river and I live near it. 
I don't know if that's intentional. Um, Native American reservations are based on many different things. I mean, it was like reserving land for the Native Americans and their communities. And it was because they were in active conflict with the U.S. for a long time when the colonists came here. And that's all, you know, you know the history. I don't need to reach all the history lessons for you. And the Amish, I'm pretty sure the Amish aren't based on race. Like a white person can go to the Native, Native American reservation and be like, I would like to join. And, and a lot of them actually said, you can. And I'm, I don't know how the Amish work, but if you, if you want to live in their community, you have to give up your ways. So what's wrong with that? If I want to go move to New York, I got to pay New York taxes. Mm. That's fine. It's basically the same. I thing. just don't like them being like, we're going to say you look different, so we won't have anything to do with you. That's that's a problem to me. I've that seen, I don't like. I've seen multiracial Amish people just yeah. when I'm doing research because I'm in pretty rural areas and there's the buggies and everything going by. Cool. I just don't like racial segregation. I think it's walking backwards. It's like, you know. Eric A. says, woke logic doesn't hold up under any amount of pressure. Saw a vid of a girl getting arrested and her friend demanding a female cop. Officer asked her, how does, how does she know he doesn't identify as female? Think he <laughs> broke her brain. Right? Just, he, 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 no, he, should, he shouldn't have even said that. He should have said quite literally, it's okay, I'm, I'm, I'm a female. It's okay, I'm a woman. Then they'd be like, no, you're not. Excuse me? How dare you? Yeah, how dare <laughs> you, bigot? Right. Sejong the Great says, look up the battle of the sexes. Brash versus the Williams sisters. Sisters claimed they could beat any man ranked 200 plus. Dude played a full round of golf, came to the match buzzed, and handily beat them both that. in two rounds. Yes. Yes, the William. I remember that. Yeah, That's yeah, so yeah. So funny. Yup. Let's see. Oka Mikurian Morenya. I can't pronounce that. I'm sorry. Okim Kurianya. Kurenya. Identitarianism is a social great filter. That an ever more tolerant society drags with it contrarians that wish to destroy it, and ever more advanced technology grants them the tools to do so. Yikes, man. That's true. You got people who don't have to do anything and they have food available to them. Idle hands the devil's playground, you know? So they want to burn it down. Let's see. What is this? Okay, I read that one. Yaroslav Korv Korovnikov. Jordan Peterson said that the left doesn't believe in free individuals at all. You are just a mouthpiece of your hierarchy. So what you have been previously asking, they don't care about truth or facts. It's only about power. Yep. Yeah. Have Tome says, heard a joke one time. It was when Tim pronounced Willamette. Why? How, how, am I pronouncing it wrong? I remember you had a hard time with it. I don't remember what we Willamette? decided. Willamette? That's not that complicated. I don't think that word was ever an issue. Because I, I know it. because I had an issue with them when they wrote fake news about me and I had to call the Willamette Weekly and be like, yo, you're fake news. Oh, yeah. Thank you for everything you guys stand for. UFO. Oh, you want to spin the UFO? It's really just, simple. Just what does it do? So you just hold the trigger down until it starts blowing air and then you aim it at the edge of the UFO and the UFO will spin. Oh. And there you go. You have successfully spun the UFO. We passed on the knowledge. <laughs> it's like your equivalent of the flamethrower. Yes, yeah. but better. Yeah, no flamethrower for us. This one's safe and family friendly. <laughs> Woo, it's levitating and spinning. How fun. <laughs> Douglas Damshin says, Tim, I just want you, uh, you to know I'm 21, and you, Daryl Davis, and Jordan Peterson are three people I hope to live up to one day. You're my personal hero. Wow, thank Very you. Cool I really set, appreciate yeah. it, man. I just uh, sit on the internet and read news all day and then complain about it. OMG Puppy says, there were eight presidents before George Washington under the Articles of Confederation. Interesting. We don't often talk about that, but that's interesting. 
Dan Fitzpatrick says, interested in challenging my own bias. Invite Kyle Kalinske sometime. Otherwise, I vote talking with Dan Bongino. He's months ahead of MSM stories. Kyle Kalinske's great. I think he's a, I think he's a good dude. I think we just disagree on certain things, probably because we read different sources. And uh, I probably think I'm right. And a lot of things he says are wrong. And he probably says the same thing about me. But I think he's an honest and, and, and good dude. And I think he has a good channel. He's, he's a cool dude. Let's see. Thomas Stein says, Reason has a pro cuties piece today. You should ask Rabe Suave about that. Really? They have a pro cuties hmm. piece? That seems I, weird. As far as I could tell, it wasn't pro cuties so much as like pro look for nuance and stuff, hmm. which. Well, I'm not going to watch that. So yeah, I'm not about that. M. Sheba says Seamus from Freedom Tunes would be a fun guest. He is always welcome. Yes. Austin Skinner says, hey, Tim, new listener. What happens to Ted Wheeler in five to 10 years? He seems hell bent on burning bridges in every cardinal direction. Where does someone so universally hated go? He walks into the ocean, just slowly <laughs> submerging and never to be seen again. Bye, Ted. And then he goes and joins Atlantis, I suppose. You had a good Is run. he looking for a re-election or how does it, how does it work? I don't know. He's doing. I don't know. But he's, he's also gonna the flee the city. Commissioner. All right, someone got me. Someone got me. They said this. Oh. Honestly, Tim, it's Will Emmett, not Will Emmett. Will Emmett. Will Emmett. Will Emmett. That seems like Will, splitting hairs. Will Emmett. Now I'll say it like that from now on. FN says I listen to you every morning over coffee. Well, thank you for that. Oh. Here we go. Kevin C says poop. People offended by offended people. Glenn Beck, <laughs> two thousand three. <laughs> there you go. Will Rushing says, R&R Law YouTuber did a great legal breakdown on cuties. I think there are real grounds for commercial sex trafficking charges. Look him up. Good job, Tim. Wow, really What's interesting. What's his name? R&R Law YouTuber. Okay. Well, I think for once, it is about 10.05 or a little bit, little bit past uh, our uh, 10 where we're supposed to end. So I don't know, you just want to shout out your Twitter or any other stuff you want to mention before we go? Uh, swipe right. That's my Twitter handle. Uh, I think I already mentioned uh, the book I'm working on, Reality's Last Stand. Swipe right, W-R-I-G-H-T. W-R-I-G-H-T, yeah. Because yeah. I typed in R-I-G-H-T, like, oh, swipe right, yeah. you know, yeah. W. But I think that's all I got. Right on, man. Out. Well, thanks for hanging out. This has been fun. Awesome. Got to Got to complain about science and academia and all that stuff, and I think we had a good time. Definitely. So uh, make sure to follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Parlor at TimCast. You can check out my other YouTube channels at youtube.com slash TimCast and youtube.com slash TimCastNews. And of course, you can follow at Sour Patch Lids, Sour Patch L-Y-D-S. We'll be back tomorrow. Who do we have tomorrow? Oh, we have. I know who we have, but I want you to say it. We have Brandon Strzok. Brandon tomorrow. Strzok is yes, coming, he's coming back. back. Brandon Strzok 2.0. He has a story for us. Brandon Strzok got attacked. Oh yeah. And it did. was it was uh, several a couple times actually. Black Lives Matter. <laughs> it was it was brutal. It was like it was bigoted. It was. You know? So he's going to come back, and we're going to talk about what happened to him and his friends when they got attacked by Black Lives Matter and there were a bunch of other journalists there and they didn't care to run the story and mm. is that just recently? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like a week and a half. So uh ago? so yeah, right. we we uh wanted to have him back on so he can tell us all the stuff that was going down and he'll be back tomorrow and he's a very very exuberant and uh fun fun guy. Energetic. He's, Banging on the he's table. Fun. Super fun. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad he's coming back. So we'll be back tomorrow. Thanks for hanging out everybody and uh we'll see you tomorrow at 8 p.m. live.